Mo Facts with Adam Curry for February 18th, 2020. This is episode number 26. Uh-uh. Hey, Mo. How you doing, Adam? I'm doing good. How are you? I am doing well, sir. Ah, uh, it is. Uh, oh, uh, before I forget, uh, my wife, Tina the Keeper, uh, she said, oh, oh, I, what, are you guys, what are you guys doing today? Can you just ask one question for me? <laughs> all right. She wants to know. Uh, with all the money he spent and all the media exposure, has Michael Bloomberg changed anywhere in the ADOS community's opinion? Only in the politician that could be bought. <laughs> <laughs> so he's he's moved up, you mean, on that scale. <laughs> he's moved up. That's the bump. He has a bump. <laughs> he's got the bot bump. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Everything good, man? Everything good where you are? Man, everything is well. How about yourself, sir? Yeah, fantastic. And I am uh, ready to. Well, I know, I already know that this is a special show, and uh, mm-hmm. I'll uh, I'll mention this part right up front. Uh, we run on the value for value model, which means uh, you listen to uh, the show we do. Uh, did it give you bring you any value? If it did, just turn that into a number and send that to us. Uh, mofax.com or directed to the donation page at mofundme.com moefundme.com and uh, we've been doing this now this is the 26th episode and we looked at the paypal and the and uh, i think we have cash app as well um uh, the yes. people yeah so Definitely we have cash app yeah which apparently people like a lot i had no idea how, how much people like the cash app um and uh, we were surprised like there's a, a, a lot of people who've uh, supported the show over the past six months, and so we want to start thanking those on a regular basis because as producers, you deserve the thanks for that, but also a number of you deserve a, a special credit as a producer, or as we like to say, an executive producer or associate executive producer. And we'll explain all of that later, but first, we have to uh, spin the, uh, the clip of topics here, see what we're going to do, what will it be? Oh, I feel lucky tonight. And it is landing on pizza potluck, <laughs> potluck, 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 hmm. potluck, potluck. Should I know that song? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd that come from? I like it. It's the potluck song. Yeah. Uh, I don't so know the potluck Steven, song. <laughs> Steven Universe. Oh. Uh, not familiar with the show, but I love the song. And it works for this show title. Excellent. Well, this is indeed the potluck show. So instead of one overarching theme, we're going to take you through. Uh, I think we have four different things to uh, to talk about today. Yes. Uh, so it's, we're talking about four different topics today. The potluck show is pretty much just to explain to the people is we're going to clean up small topics that happen over time that we doesn't doesn't make a full show worth of uh, material, but right. we want to talk about it. So we'll do these periodically, mm-hmm. and so we can you know uh, kick it around and see what we think about it. All right, all right. Topic number one. <laughs> I got sound effects right. for you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so if for the hip hop fans out there, you probably noticed that the song intro song was Snoop Dogg Lay Low, and Snoop Dogg is actually laying low now. <laughs> yeah, after after we talked about him, all of a sudden he was real quiet. I'm sure that uh, that we uh, 
set him straight. Well, not too quiet because he had to come out and make an official public apology. 25 past the hour. Joining us now, the host of MSNBC's Politics Nation and president of the National Action Network, Reverend Al Sharpton. Great to have you with us. Rapper Snoop Dogg is offering an apology to journalist Gail King following backlash over his comments appearing to, well, he did threaten the CBS This Morning anchor for asking questions about the late Kobe Bryant's 2003 rape case in an interview with WNBA star Lisa. Leslie. Two wrongs don't make no right. When you're wrong, you gotta fix it. So with that being said, Gail King. I publicly tore you down by coming at you in a derogatory manner based off of emotions, me being angry at questions that you asked. Um, overreacted. I should have handled it way different than that. Uh, I was raised way better than that. So I would like to apologize to you publicly for language that I used and calling you out of your name and just being disrespectful. I didn't mean for it to be like that. I was just expressing myself for a friend that wasn't here to defend himself. Um, a lot of people look up to me and they love me and they appreciate me, so I want to let them know that anytime you mess up, it's okay to fix it. It's okay to man up and say that you wrong. I apologize. Hopefully we can sit down and talk privately. Have a good day. All right. All right. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. I didn't see any of this. Um, so just to review, and I, let's make sure I got it straight. Um, the the issue that Snoop Dogg uh, initially took with the Gail King interview was not was yes about the question she she asked, how it was asked, uh, how she kind of dismissed the answer. But more importantly, the overarching issue that Gail and Oprah have been known to go after black men and uh, let uh, white men uh, slide uh, on uh, you know, horrible guys like uh, Charlie Rose, um, uh, Weinstein, etc. Then uh, he does he does that kind of uh, he says we know you were coming for you whatever it is but it was clearly about hey we know we figured out what you're doing you and Oprah and then yes. and then Susan Rice jumped in. Like, mm-hmm. like, there's a whole army. We can kill you, and then the apology came. Is that how I? Uh, is that the correct uh, timeline? That's the correct timeline, but there are some segments missing out of the timeline. There's, there's no and kidding. That's what I, <laughs> 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 so uh, first, we're going to start off with the apology, analyze the apology, and then we're going to get into how the apology came about. Because when we left off last show, and I really wanted to leave this story at last show. Yeah. But it got so, uh, just the representation of what would happen and how he was made to brought to the carpet and made apologize. It was just too much to pass up because we're going to see some very interesting, uh, happenings going with this story. And if I may make an observation about this apology, so they intercut his voicemail, I guess that he left for Gail intercut that with his original instagram video no that was all instagram but i think he was holding his phone funny or something i, I don't know why it was oh, sounding like that but it oh, kept, oh, 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 it kept okay. cutting in and out cutting in and out i don't know if that was strategic by him or if he was just nervous or what but or high uh, what am he, I had, he had a whole different tone <laughs> yes uh, for sure <laughs> and that, now that was a voicemail that he uh, left for gail king no that was actually on instagram as oh, well it was pure on instagram uh, oh, okay. all this 
Yeah, Man, it sounded all this is like going the on part. on his Instagram channel. I got it. Okay, so the, the, no matter what, the true winner is Mark Zuckerberg, as long as we all understand that. <laughs> yes, that is, that is correct. Yeah. So where we're at now is he's made the apology, and now the Morning Joe crew, including Do, uh, Reverend Al Sharpton, yeah, that's, is going to chime always a, in. It's always a giveaway, on, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. He's going to chime in on how they received his, his apology. Yeah, well, um, listen, I, it was a pretty straightforward apology, a complete apology. I thought uh, it was a complete apology. I know you, you have a slightly different take on it, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I think, I think uh, we, we all uh, screw up. We all mess up. And when we do, uh, we need to step forward and apologize. And uh, the part, the part of, of that apology, I mean, he, he said he overreacted. He apologized fully. Uh, he was being disrespectful and he said he needed to quote man up and apologize. He did. And I thought the best part of it was when he said that they needed to get together and talk privately, which I'm sure at some point they will, though. I'm sure this is still very, very raw for Gail. She's been through hell over the past week. And I know she has to be disillusioned by people that she thought were friends who sat by and said absolutely nothing. I know she has to be disillusioned. I know she has to be disillusioned by newspapers like the New York Times and uh, others who claim to be such champions of of journalistic freedom and and protecting journalists. They talk about protecting journalists worldwide, but they don't even protect one down the street when her life is threatened. It's very strange, this conspiracy of silence to protect and defend Woo! a black female journalist. Oh, yes. Woo. Conspiracy of silence. Woo. Morning, Joe. But he's also he's on a whole nother tangent. And I and I I uh, had another clip where they're just going off about, oh, this is uh, violence against the against a journalist and a, a woman down, and a woman goggles curry uh, goggles all right hold on a second i'll put them on <laughs> let me let me get them here i'll pull them out of the box they're on thank you sir mm-hmm. um <laughs> so joe is accepting of the apology and you know he snoop had to man up uh, yeah what's that so all about I, it Words matter. Yeah, words always matter. So that was uh, that didn't sit with me well. It's it sounds like, like something that someone him. told him to say. I would agree, mm-hmm. and it seems like, oh, you kowtowing to Gail is manning up. And what I find interesting is this: we're not talking about what originally this whole story is about. Now they've pivoted oh, yeah. from that to. Uh, Snoop threatening Gail yeah. and Oprah. Yes, and that's exactly what we covered in the last show because the guy that was speaking to um uh, her name um in one of the clips, the guy was saying, "Yeah, they need to get they need to get out in front of the story and make themselves the victim." Oh, and oh, oh, the, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking about. Karen Hunter, Karen yes. on the Karen Hunter show clip. Uh, the the gentleman that was with her. He 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 laid this out exactly how they played it out. They they play, made themselves the victim, and now Snoop is on the on the on the defense, and he's running scared. 
Clearly. Let's see how let's see how Mika accepts his apology. Well, I don't think those folks are off the hook just because Snoop delivered this. Um, They're not so-called apology. I, I think it no. was an apology in some ways, but it wasn't in others. And here's why. Uh, first of all, it's quite a turnaround. <laughs> OK, from what he put out there. And it took a week, which is problematic when you've done something wrong. You know it right away and you get right out there and you do not give any excuses for it. And his first line gave an excuse. Two wrongs don't make a right. Let me explain why that's problematic. He left Gail hanging in an area that's quite important to all of this, which I'll let the Rev talk about. Two wrongs don't make a right. No, that's that's not okay, And that kind of undermines the entire apology. Um, The other thing is, uh, you know, you have to wonder why it took a week. What what is it that made him think for a week about this before coming out with this and what he did? When he tore Gail down and threatened her with a profanity-laced tirade, is he divided people. And he knew he was doing that. He knew he was ginning up division. It's not a good, not a good look at all. What? Um, so I think he's going to need to do more. I think it's a good start. But a lot needs to happen before this uh, really is, quite frankly, in a place of peace. What exactly, which people was he dividing, according to Mika? black men from black women do you think that's what i i mean i know that's what's going on but do you think that that, that's what she meant or this is brilliant actually so we want to divide black men from black women so let's blame Mm -hmm. it on snoop for doing it is that the idea and (laughs) you 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 see that group divided we got to make sure the ones we have on our side stay on our side so well, we make Gail the victim. Mm-hmm. Misogynist Snoop is on this side, and anybody that agrees with Snoop is misogynist. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's and that's the way it works. Now I will say this: I have no problem with Snoop apologizing for the words that he used, but my apology would have been, went more like, "Yeah, Gail, I'm sorry for calling you a dog-headed." Be, and Mo, can I, but, can, I, can, I, can, I, can I just give you some advice if you're ever in the yeah. position to apologize to a woman? Don't repeat what the, what the infraction was in your apology. And this, and it's a I'm, pro I'm tip. doing this for a purpose. It's a pro I'm tip. I'm doing this for a purpose. <laughs> just in this situation, mm-hmm. um, I'm sorry for calling you that term, and I would say the term, mm-hmm. but that still, it, it still doesn't, take away from the fact that you ignored Harvey Weinstein and I would have listed every name. And this is if Snoop is about standing on his calls and this is not pocketbook related. Now, but we uh, all, no, no, but, we let, all but let me interject. Well, we all know where it's really leading, but let me interject. Mm-hmm. He was kind of chicken shit not to do that to start with. He was talking in code. In fact, it was code that I didn't understand. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was talking in code, and it, unless it, in, instead he could have said, "Hey, Gail, why are you doing that to another to another black man?" And you let the these white guys off the hook so easy. That would have made it a different conversation, and and actually it would have skipped two weeks of incredible bullcrap in my life. 
but this bull crap is good bull crap. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's great for the show. I mean, no, it's, it's fantastic. It's quality bull crap you can get. I'm not <laughs> arguing with the entertainment value. I'm very happy yeah, know, with the entertainment value. Yes. But even bigger than the entertainment value, a lot of things are being exposed. We're starting to see who's really pulling the chains here. Yeah. Uh, and to figure that out, let's get into the last apology uh, clip and then we'll get there. It was uh, important because it sets a cultural tone that you do not have to be engaged in threats and misogyny. I, I think beyond Gale and Snoop, what concerned me was the message it was sending to a lot of people that listened to Snoop and that are uh, impacted by it. And I think that they got a real education, and I hope this is a teaching moment that Snoop will use to say to them, it is not the manly thing to do to call women out their name and to threaten women and journalists for what they say. If he had said he felt it was inappropriate or harmful to him the way she conducted the interview, whether you or I agree with that or not, he had the right to say that. But to dehumanize her and to use misogynist terms and to threaten her was my concern. And, uh, you know, someone stopped me in the street just yesterday when I got off this show and said, I'm glad you stood up for Gail. I said, I didn't stand up for Gail. I stood up for my daughters. Uh I stood up up for people everywhere. The gal doesn't need me to stand up for her, but there are young people all over this country and older people as well that I march for that should not be called out their name and we act like that's all right. And I'm so happy that it was validated and uh, and supported by Snoop. And just like we took Snoop on, we ought to give him his props and praise him for standing up and hopefully use this as a teaching moment to many of his fans that to Man up means to really be a man, and to be a man is to not disrespect women. Bro. Reverend, How many times Reverend did man- <laughs> God, I'm sorry, yes. How many times did manhood, being a man Man up, yeah. Yeah. You see what you see what we're doing here? It, and this I want to point incredible. out something about Mika. Did you hear Mika's tone? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Her tone was very chastising, like a mother, like, you know better than that. And I think Reverend Al picked up on that because And he ran with he it. was like, Well, we have to, you know, forgive Snoop. He has to walk that back because the way it looked to me is like, Wow, they got you up here so they can say whatever they want to about Snoop and we're doing it in the presence of Reverend Al so it can't be taken a certain way. If you right. can catch when I catch yeah, my drift. Of course, of course. So so he's more of a prop than <laughs> than uh his input. Well, and 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 the difference with every other time we see Reverend Al being a prop is what? <laughs> he is a prop. He's a great prop. Just the subject matter. Just the, su- yeah. just the subject matter. Gotcha. That's the only thing. Gotcha. So we want to ask. How did we get here? We left off last Tuesday, Wednesday. We we, we Snoop left had made us semi-apology kind of walking back what he said but that wasn't good enough MSNBC did an all out all encompassing attack on Snoop Dogg oh I don't know wait a minute wait a minute how did I miss this I I watch MSNBC how did I miss it (laughs) no seriously I'm I'm, okay I, I, I don't know what their purpose was I'm still trying to figure it out now. I don't know if it was a distraction because of all the messes going on in the Democratic uh, primary. 
that this is a great well, hello, hello, filler? yes, ex- no, not just a segment filler. This is perfect right now. It's about the ADOS vote. Uh, we're mm-hmm. in South Carolina. We're going to Nevada. Um, you know, this is we have uh, Biden saying he's got the uh, the Obama fans. We've got uh, um, Buttigieg. You know, everyone talking Michael Bloomberg. Yeah, they're going to go to Bloomberg, which is a big joke. Uh, so it's completely in play. So this would be the moment to split them. Do I, I still have the goggles on? But is this the moment to split the ADOS men from the women? This is the perfect moment. And one thing I want to point out is the Democratic Party had no problem with Snoop Dogg and his uh, vile language towards women. If you want to look at it that way, when they invited him to perform at the DNC in 2016. Now, of course. They had no problem with that. No, it was funny. It was uh, cool. He was actually like an unofficial uh, surrogate. Uh, surrogate for the Democratic Party. Yep. They they had no problem with this, but now it's like, oh, he's bringing up valid points that can ruin a bunch of our boule butt kissers, <laughs> and so he, <laughs> so so. Well, no, so not just not just not just that. I mean, you can't touch Oprah, Gail. Okay, you know, it's like, mm, but but you're getting close to Oprah now with what you're with the code that he's talking. She's the biggest boule butt kisser. There you go. Uh. So we're, we're going to get that now. Now here we are. So the the attack first started on Joy Reed's Joy Reed show. <laughs> the non DOS. Uh, <laughs> yes, the the not a DOS Joy Reed, um, who uh, had Miss Tiffany Cross on her show. <laughs> who won the week, Tiffany? Okay, well mine is a little more complex, okay. but it, it does need to be said. Um, I think who won the week are all the people who responded thoughtfully uh, about the Gail King interview with um, Lisa Leslie. I, I was so disappointed in some of the backlash that Gail King got. Um, listen, you know, as women in media, we can be on the receiving end of these uh, very extreme comments, yes. and so I will table the fact that was it appropriate for Gail King to pose the question about the Kobe assault um, to, to Lisa Leslie. You, look, however you feel about that, what? that's a separate debate. What came after that? <laughs> this uh, misogynoir and all these horrible comments from very prominent men, including um, you know Snoop Dogg, who did his non-apology apology this morning. Um, but the, he, you know he called Gail King out of her name, talked about her physical appearance, her hair, and I was just so disappointed because people like you know Reggie Bush and LeBron James mm-hmm. liked it and. 50 Cent, you know, weighed in on with all these ugly things days after the hashtag girl yeah. dad was trending. Right, right. Oh, oh, man, there's a lot did, there. Did you did you catch what? what did, I want to fall back. What did you take away from that clip? I heard you say something. What? What? what well, what? I, honestly, I got kind of confused at the end when she took it to the uh uh, girl's dad, and then I kind of forgot all the other stuff I was pissed off about. Okay, she said the Kobe assault. Yes, uh, yeah, that's yes, that's what I heard. The Kobe assault. Yes, holy crap! I thought he was acquitted. Well, the case was dropped. There's no. Uh, I mean, what drop? Excuse me. Yeah, excuse me. Drop. But I mean, he he's not guilty of anything, so he can't be assault. No, but that's not how the media works. <laughs> and they're doing exactly what exactly what Gail King got cussed out for. Yeah, they're doing exactly. They're exactly. doing it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And 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 the hashtag cropped up. We stand with Gail. Mm. 
so this is what she's thanking people for. For the hashtag? Snoop Dogg's is Yes. <laughs> so Snoop Dogg Instagram post was liked by LeBron James, Reggie Bush, 50 Cent, and a host of other black men. And I'm surprised they let I'm try I'm go, I want to see how this plays out in the end because they, their names on a list somewhere. Like, well, oh, okay, you really want to show your true colors. Well, hold on a second. Let's talk mm-hmm. about this uh, this infiltrator on the on the the Nandos show. Uh, this mm-hmm. Tiffany Cross. Who is she? She's clearly some some political animal. Where's she coming from? Yeah, she she's a political pundit. She has a website that she writes uh, writes about political and pop culture issues. And she, I mean, she's she's just somebody MSNBC brings on that they could uh, roll out to be the black voice. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then in this in this role, she was rolled out as the black woman voice, Female voice and yeah. i think she said and she said a lot of things that get uh joy reed probably felt that she wanted to say but she wanted to you know use this person for cover mm. that's how i took that's how i took it but the, the it. kobe assault that that really i was like wow y'all y'all are really doubling down and then she throws those names out there yeah so, interesting well let's let tiffany continue and it was heartbreaking to see. And it's just a reminder to people that, look, these are real people in front of the camera um, with real feelings. Gail King is now walking around with security. Yeah. And, it, you know, I was just appreciative of the people who came out and said, whoa, time out. You yeah. guys are that does not honor Kobe Bryant's no. legacy. This was a father of four daughters. Yeah. Um, Snoop Dogg is raising a daughter. LeBron is raising a daughter. All these other people who, who championed this message of calling her out of her name. So I just am appreciative to the people who came out and yeah. not to mention that Oprah, um, cause you know, they impugned Oprah. I mean, yeah, been, yeah. Oprah has done a, a lot for the black community. So to say that these women, um, don't do a lot and just as black women, we ride so hard for black men. Yeah. It was not fair. It was not from under no, attack right. from you, our brethren. You know, what, 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 what did she say that it rides? So what did she say? We ride so hard for black men. Let me just hear that. again. Yeah, she said we ride. So okay, let me hear it. don't do a lot. And just as black women, we ride so hard. For- what does that mean? We ride as black women. We ride so hard for black men. What does that mean? We take up for black men at all costs, which <laughs> it, you're not kind of doing that by letting Gail, uh, uh, Gail King get away with disparaging Kobe's legacy. That, how yeah. can you ride so hard? I, my mind about exploded when I heard this. What are you talking about? And then she throws out the word brethren. You know, um, disappointed to hear this from our brethren. Well, he, <laughs> so I'm looking at uh, Tiffany Cross's. She doesn't have a Wikipedia mm-hmm. page, which is interesting. No, she has a website. That's yeah, and, and so her uh, her bread and butter, I guess, is the Beat DC, the Beat DC dot mm-hmm. com, and uh, they're they're. Um, positioning statement on the website is the intersection of politics policy and people of color color people <laughs> i know but it, it doesn't work if you do I politics know, know. The, the, the you know the alliteration is beautiful uh but they're taking it they're totally taking of course it's it's not at all about what uh, snoop was mad about so that's not just a pivot. We're full on into uh, 
Oh, and these guys all have daughters. Are we back to to girls' dad now? Is that the idea? Yeah, that's they want to hijack and put Kobe inside that box of girl dad. Got it. And what Snoop did was kind of ruin it by coming with what he said. And on top of all of that, it's amazing that if you ride so hard for black men, why didn't you say, well, since Snoop started the conversation, let's talk about Harvey Weinstein. Let's talk about (laughs) these other people. But that lets you know who trumps who. No no pun intended. Yeah, no, I hear you. Exactly. Yeah. So this final little snippet from this from this uh, overall clip just shows you how threatening Oprah is. First of all, I'm an old white guy, and I know not to pick on Oprah. <laughs> you can go there. All right, no, you don't. Yes, no. You, 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 they will need dental records. Come, come, they yes. will need dental records. That's yeah. right. Uh, depends. Uh, only if you're an ugly old white guy who's a pervert, then you're good to go. Otherwise, yeah, you don't need dental records. Wow. Who was that? I have no clue. I, I just found that to be amazing that, oh, you, you, and, and, and Joy Reid in the background, she's like, oh, yeah, oh, that's oh, right. That's yeah, where, you that's don't where, come for Oprah. That's, where, that's worth another play. First of all, I'm an old white guy, and I know not to pick on Oprah. <laughs> Shut you up, don't go there. All right, no, you don't. Yes, because no. You, 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 they will need dental records. Come, come. That's uh, that's the little the the vasectomy guy, uh, Chris uh, Hayes. That's Chris. <laughs> no, Hayes. it's not Chris Hayes. No, it's not. You Chris sure? Hayes. Yeah, it's this older white guy with a beard and oh, some hat. I don't know. So, with a beard and a hat. Well, yeah. Yeah, he, he was. Yeah, he was inconsequential to the story, but I was. Just, it was like at the end of the clip, and I was like, "Wow, he's really scared." Like, oh yeah, you need dinner oh, records. You come from? Oh yeah, you're Oprah. Woo, woo. Yeah. Oh well. So. That wraps the Joy Reid show. Mm-hmm. And then the following episode of Morning Joe is where they really ratchet it up, starting with uh, Reverend Al. All it is to become a Gale King, to fight gender bias and race bias and walk in studios that didn't invite you or an Oprah for that matter. It's hard to be a Snoop Dogg, to come out of the streets. All of us have a hard road to travel. And when we start shooting at each other and when we start getting in the way of doing each other's jobs and threatening each other and acting like it's acceptable for us to be ugly because we may disagree on timing, that's when some of us must step up and say, hold it we need to stop this and stop it now so you can call me soft or sell out whatever you want to call me but i'm gonna stand up for gail king on this one she doesn't deserve that you know god bless you reverend al for uh, defending a black female journalist who had her life threatened on instagram (laughs) (laughs) oh my god had my life threatened on instagram by snoop dogg and and if if something happened to me, we never would have known who done it because it happened on Instagram. This is crazy. And, and there was there was something I want to point out last show, which this recovering gave me a great opportunity. So you remember the woman that used uh, the Washington worked at the Washington Post, and she posted this story about Kobe Bryant right after he died. Yes, of course. She she received death threats. So you can't say Snoop Dogg saying what he said is the one-to-one correlation. Yeah, but yeah, Mo, I'm sorry. And I don't know what <laughs> clips you have, but the, I've only seen one Morning Joe clip of this. And mm-hmm. it's and I mean, my daughter even sent it to me. 
She said, oh my God, these people are freaking out. Not just a woman, but a black woman. So I think there's a difference. You can be a white female journalist with death threats. Meh. Mm-hmm. But if you're a black female journalist related to Oprah, whoa. So there's a clear difference. It's not about being a journalist. It's about being, and not even about being a woman. And the point I'm trying to make is she would have received death threats regardless if Snoop Dogg said anything or not. Right. But they're trying to make Snoop Dogg the, the, the bad scapegoat. Guy. Yeah, of course. Yeah, for, oh, he's the reason why I'm getting death threats. She really got death threats, I believe. Not from Snoop. You can't say his. No. I took it as just what I took it as is that we're coming for you. We're coming for you on the internet, you know, yeah. uh, drag you, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. I didn't take it all. I'm going to be waiting in your bushes, uh, Gail, you know, to make you pay. I don't, I don't think I, any, I don't think anyone took it that way. What does black Twitter say? Well, it's divided. You have, oh, it is the, divided. Hmm. Pro, you have the pro feminist, uh, those liberal, those who've already bought into the program and those who haven't, that that's gotta yes. be your dividing line right there. Those who are, have already been indoctrinated and those who have yet to be indoctrinated. And to further widen the gap, we have Joe's BS rant. Hey, welcome back to morning Joe. I, I just want to follow up on this Gail King story really quick, Rev. You've been talking about it for the past several days. We brought it up a couple days ago. I, I, I still got to say, I, I just again, let's What's put it in on? the starkest terms. A black woman who is a journalist has her life threatened from a, a, a guy who has 39 million people. The post is still up. The post is still up. She faces threats and abuse. Her children are now facing threats and abuse. 24-hour security. She now, Gail King, now has to have 24-hour security. And I'll be damned. Have I read the New York Times editorialize about it? No. no. What's all your bullshit about protecting journalists when you have a black woman whose life was threatened? Nothing there. Wall Street Journal. Nothing. Wait, what, what are you doing? Viacom what are you CBS. doing? Where's Viacom CBS? Has the USA Today done it? Where are you? A black female journalist's life has been threatened. She and her children fear for their lives. And you aren't writing about this? I, oh, so, so is everything that you've said about Donald Trump threatening members of the press nonsense? Do you really not mean it? <laughs> Did you really not mean it? You meant none of that about Donald Trump? Is that all politics? <laughs> yes. Do you have yes, do you have the yes, rest do you, have the, do you have the rest of this one? Do you have the rest of this oh, one? Oh, yeah, I got the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> my I, I got to tell you, my daughter sent me this. Mm-hmm. She sent me the clip. But you know, and and she's 29. Uh and and she's having none of this, of course. And she says, "Look at this. This is dad, you got to look at this. This is probably a clip for the show." And I'm going to try and do her voice. A black woman. A black Woman, horn, 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 horn emoji. Oh, I'm I'm not even black, Dad, and he had me clutching my pearls in my Sunday hat. A black woman. Like, <laughs> I mean, this is insane. Why though? What I mean, why? And you hear Mika in the background. Yeah, 
Oh, yeah. totally. That's his employer. That's his employer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Viacom, Viacom, go after that. Yeah, go. It's that what you see here, that is just close your eyes and imagine it as Twitter. That is cancel culture on MSNBC. They were doing this to cancel Snoop. Yes. And this is a formal emasculation. No this kidding. Is, we ha- we, did you we hear? Did you hear the down. apology? Snoop's balls are gone. And then, and then you hear her. That's not even a real apology. I mean, it, for him to say that <laughs> not good two enough. wrongs don't make a right. Not I, good I, enough. I, not I've good enough. Plenty. No. But her in the back. I mean, they they're like they're like the morning time dominant silk. It's like yeah, Viacom. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, what? That's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. Preach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> She's in the background doing that. I'm like, what? what is going on here? And where did this come from, Joe? And, and, and another thing, Joe, if you're listening, because you might be listening, Joe, I want you to keep this same energy. Yes, please. Keep the same energy when we start talking about stopping frisk and all the things Bloomberg did. You know, is the New York Times only writing about this? Because, you know, it's about, it's about Trump. You know, I want you to keep that same. Please. Keep yes. That, that same thing that you got going there, Joe. <laughs> uh, hey, Mo, don't hold your breath. I'm not, but I'll, we'll we'll be here. Yeah, we will. <laughs> we'll be here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, rant two. Well, where's corporate America? Because there are people where is corporate America? Where is Viacom? Partnerships. Let me say it again. A black female journalist fears for her life this morning her children are facing abuse and threats and the new york times the washington post the wall street journal viacom nobody is talking about this after preaching on a mountain for years about how dangerous it is when donald trump threatens members of the press well, guess what? I think it's dangerous when Donald Trump threatens members of the press. And I think it's dangerous when pop culture figures threaten members of the press, especially a black woman doing her job, who is only doing her job. You know what? We can have a debate whether the question should have been asked or not. We're so beyond that right now. We are so beyond that right now. What's the conspiracy of silence about, New York Times? Why aren't you writing about this? What about you, Washington Post? Wall Street Journal, where are you? Viacom, where are you? A black woman has gone to bed, a journalist, in fear of her life. I'm beside myself. <laughs> Just, you know, it, it, it's, it's almost, it's not understandable exactly. I mean, I've, I've, I've seen them pissed off, the two of them, but I've never, never seen it quite like this. For the life of me, I cannot figure out, I don't know if you got a grudge or if it's like we're going to make uh, this a, a huge distraction or we will make an example out of Snoop that you won't step out of line on, you know, saying in 2020, or this is what you'll get, or a little bit of all three. But for him to go on that rant like that, and call out all these different um, organizations and corporations 
And like Viacom, yeah, that's where he works. Where you he know, there's, there's only there's only one thing I can imagine. Uh, yeah, it's uh, Oprah calling for uh, Joe and Mika. I've uh, got a little message for you. What else could it be? Maybe, but I... so that goes to show you that Oprah has no real power because. This apology, she didn't get this apology when she went up there and gave her crocodile tears and no. like, oh, Gil, she's not doing so well right now. <laughs> None of that. No. They had to go get their, and I'm going to say this, squad. they had to go get their white gatekeepers, mm. the power behind the, the, the power behind the puppets. This is what it looks like. She couldn't get Snoop canceled. No. So it, you know they had well, to also, get these she, two she, early yeah, in the she morning. Couldn't. She can't. She can't. It, Oprah couldn't actually come out and cancel Snoop. That would not be accepted. But yes, you're right. Get get the hit squad. Yeah, she, and she doesn't have the power to, because her power. See, this is how we got to understand. And the reason why I did this is we're really seeing the boule, and they really have no power. They carry water. That's what boule means, advisors to the king. That's what they, that's all they do is they, they get their talking points. They run out here and they black explain it to black people. And then they run back to their hole again. And they get more marching orders and they run out and they, and when you step out of line, they sent Oprah out for them, but Oprah's fake tears couldn't get Snoop canceled. So they said, okay, step aside your little child, Oprah. Let me show you how it's done. Let me show you how a real lynch mob is done. And this is what this is. This is a uh, lynch lynching in in. And I know that's. I'm, you think I'm probably being like uh, extreme here, but no. Well, I, I take I take it very seriously. Is, we have to have him kneel. We have to have him kneel. That's the mindset this, behind it. You know it this really you're right. irritated you know me. No, Mo, you, you know, you're right, man. This this was from high on order. This was some kind of like a real a real note went out, feels like. A memo. A memo, yeah. <laughs> now, a memo. Now, now, I'm just trying, you know, because I'm always trying to look for the little connection. So Viacom, Mika's yelling about Viacom, Viacom, Viacom. Mm-hmm. New York uh, Times. It, it, but there's also no real love between Viacom and uh, and Oprah. Uh, okay, maybe that's it. I, I part, this get, part no, of I, it. I, it's part of it. It's part of it. Feels okay. like. Uh, Tyler Perry um, was hired away from Oprah's network by Viacom. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah, BET. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. So that could be something there. But... Yeah, I mean it's it's like you just you don't you don't do this to the queen or her lover. I mean her friend. And and the tone, the tone of these two of Joe and Mika is like it's so berating. It it, it, it really sounds it sounds like their me. their life depends on it almost. True. Oh, you got to earn your I think a lot of 2020, a lot of people are going to have to earn their keep. Another a lot good point. of people. Yeah, yeah, good point. I was going to say this went above and beyond the typical I'm going to be loud and controversial uh, to get attention for ratings. This was something else. This was emotional and uh cuz I've I've watched lots of Morning Joe. Mhm. Not never seen this. And again, you know, if my kid is sending this to me and she's saying this something for the show, 
which I'm sure she doesn't listen to that often, then, you know, then it hit the mark, you know, then the word is out. And he's throwing papers and he's <laughs> just breathing fire. Yeah. And we're not even done yet. Uh, rant three. And there's a conspiracy of silence. Reverend, you've, you're one of the few people that's been talking about this. What in the hell is going on? The, the, the fact is, what you just expressed in, in very passionate terms is my concern. This is not about Snoop Dogg. I like Snoop Dogg. I defended him doing a gospel record. This is about a precedent of letting people infer threats and directly Wait, call women out Rev, of their it, names. It wasn't inferred. It, it wasn't well, inferred. He, it was and, direct. And the profanity that was used? To call Let her, me just I say. Mean, I've been saying for years, we cannot use the N-word B word or H word for me to not have said something because it's somebody that I know I think is a height of hypocrisy and I get all kind of pushback I've got clap back but I must stand by the fact that women should not be called out of their name and, 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 no matter and, 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 what LeBron, the circumstance LeBron, we can debate the I heard LeBron did I, did I hear correctly LeBron liked the post yes and 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 name one person on this set name one person in entertainment doing talk shows who did who would post something like this that wouldn't be fired in three seconds and by the way less than oh oh, this is interesting so i'm hearing al he's getting pressure pressure from uh uh from the community he's walking a razor blade oh yeah he he is he's moonwalking on a razor blade because (laughs) his real power comes from the people in the streets yeah, and the people in the streets don't are like it. They're not like it. Be pro yeah. Snoop Dogg, and I presume uh, LeBron and all those guys who were liking the post are are also saying, uh, "We know what's going on," or or not. LeBron is so calculated. Yeah, well, go good back point. to go back to the China. Yeah, good point. Uh, show. Yeah, he's so calculated. He said, "Oh, the people are going this way, so I'm going with the people." Right. That that's the calculation he made, but LeBron, you just made your name on somebody's list. Be careful, brother. Yeah, I'm just gonna say sure. that because for sure, <laughs> this is how it happens. I'm I'm being honest with you. This is how it happens. You piss somebody off, it's like okay, we'll let you, you know be great right now. But any chance we get, and it's the irony of this. This is exactly. <laughs> exactly what exactly what the problem was exactly what snoop dogg was calling gail out for yes and now they just added more names to the list lebron and you know what we need to uh, do we Reggie need, Bush we and- need to do the uh the mofax uh celebrity uh c- consulting group so we can <laughs> tell these people what to do and what not to do because they're, they're really messing it up oh well this is twisted so- yeah and i like it a lot so let's close up with our rant four. They were filming yesterday with Martha Stewart. Um, he, he, they were filming yesterday for VH1, the Martha and Snoop oh series, God. potluck party challenge. It's supposed to be on the air tomorrow night. Yesterday, that's Yesterday, they were filming. Martha Stewart was there. William Shatner was there. Tamar Braxner was there. Trey Songs was there. They were all there working with Snoop on set to film an edition of the show that will show. And they um, say he's. 
for himself. They say he walked it back. He did an additional post, still leaving the threatening, profanity-laced post up that millions of people can watch right now. He did an additional post, sort of trying to make Gail look older, trying to do little dog whistles while sort of saying maybe we're not violent. It was not an apology. He did not pull it back. He actually made it worse. And he kept his post up. Yamish. Wow. <laughs> no, it's a great observation. that this, this was a total hit job, but it only makes, mm-hmm. the, it only deepens the conspiracy. You know, why, why is it? Well, we, we kind of know why, but it, it, we understand why there's a, a division to be made between ADOS men and women. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this is mainly political and for power, power reasons. Um, but why let all of the, the shitty white guys off the hook? O- also for power reasons? That's pretty disempowering in my mind. Well, as long as I can appear to have power. True. That's, the boule never wants to have power. That, that's the big, big misconception. It's like we're kept. We're well kept. We're pets. You know, uh, we don't go out and earn for ourselves. Uh, we're given our daily bread. Yeah. Uh, some people will call it butter biscuits. Uh, but, and that's what they do. They go and they do, uh, you see, Reverend Al. Reverend Al is only there because MSNBC cuts his check. And he's between a rock and a hard place. And they were like, Al, we Al, need you, Al. We need you. Step, step he was up. On there too. Man up. Man up, Al. <laughs> yeah. And you you see what happens. So I'm, I, this wow. puts a nice little bow on the Snoop Dogg story. But I, I felt I had to bring it to closure because I thought it would end at the end of last show. But then this happened. And I was like, I, I knew he was going to have to apologize. And I thought the last, that how we ended last show would be the apology. But no, I have a feeling they, that this they, this may continue. Mo, I'm not so sure this won't come back. This uh, this could continue. There's a, we got a new list. We got a fresh list. Let's just review the list. We got LeBron on the list. Who else is on the mm-hmm. list? Who's new? 50 Cent. Reggie Bush. 50 Cent. Who? Yeah. Which Bush? Reggie Bush. He's a football oh, Reggie player. Bush. <laughs> Thank Re- you. Reggie. Uh-huh. <laughs> Reggie Bush. Uh, he, he's not one of the, like not, that tweet? One of George W. Bush's kids, Reggie Bush. Is that? <laughs> <laughs> he's the one with the, 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 the Trump tape. But, you know, <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, this... this this is not gonna. It's, it's not over for Snoop Dogg either. No way. He's gonna have to be. He's gonna have to be taught a lesson, and they're gonna parade him out. I'm calling it now. Six, maybe six, five, six months from now, he's gonna write a book, a co-author a book, uh, combating toxic misogyny. You know, no, and he's gonna no, go, no, 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 documentary, documentary. Yeah, yeah, that'd be better for uh, him. That'll be better, and and he's gonna have to go on probably on Gail King and uh, Gail King's show. And and hug I'm it out, sorry, and Gail. Hug it out. I had to be taught. Yeah, yeah, I had to be taught how to be a real man, uh, oh. and that was by giving you my 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 testicles. Here you go. Uh, we, no, they're already but, gone, man. I heard them in that in that tape. They're gone. Yeah, that's that's what he that's, he gave them to her, and, but now he's gonna have to go back. You know, and uh, he's gonna. Well, I'm calling it. He's gonna have to go back on a book tour. Because they did this with Kevin Hart. Remember Kevin Hart apologized? Of course. And then they brought it back again months later. Yeah. And he had to go apologize all over well, again. Well, no, he yeah, didn't. No, book. he didn't. He said, screw that. I mean, no, I, I think he, I'm, I'm appreciative of what Kevin Hart did. 
Actually, no, yeah. I already apologized. But he for this. still I'm... had to explain himself, though. I mean, you apologize once, and it's like, why well, I got to still keep explaining myself? But which is ultimately why he I, said I, I don't want to host. Yeah. So there, there we have it. That's the Snoop Dogg story, and that's the end of the first segment. So. I love new money. I, I like new money. I don't know if you do, but I, I hate old money that's wrinkled and dirty and got all the diseases on it. I like new money. And when I give um, when I give things to people, I like to give stacks of money. It's fun. You ever had a stack of new money? Have you? You haven't? Have you? A little stack. A little. Oh. <laughs> And so I, I, I made, you know, the big stack where it was brand new. And I like brand new money. I just, I don't want any money around me. It's not, I'd almost rather have a, a new one than a brand, than an old 20. Now that's kind of dumb, isn't it? But there's something about new money that excites you. You like $100 bills? Oh, yeah. I like oh. new money, too. Oh. Most beautiful thing on earth is a $100 bill. I hadn't seen a woman as good looking as a $100 bill. <laughs> there's something about a $100 bill that excites you. Who is this? This is Pastor Mike Murdoch. <laughs> and uh, he loves new money. <laughs> I love your choice of intro to our first ever donation uh, segment. That's fantastic, Mo. Yeah. Well, we don't have too many of those, but over the past six months, that is the Chris Hundies, over the past six months, uh, as we've been asking for people to support uh, the work that we do here, we purposely have no commercials, no corporate money. There's no, uh, nothing comes into the show because obviously just look at what we talked about just minutes ago. Uh, the topics that we discuss and the, and the freedom we have uh, to speak about it uh, would not last. Uh, people would immediately go after advertisers, etc., and the cancel culture would be complete. And so we like to be more bulletproof than that. And, uh, and this is why we, hold on to the value for value model. What we're going to do, um, and we'll probably do this every show, it'll be a heck of a lot shorter because this is a, mm-hmm. a uh, um, uh, this is the uh, everything from the past six months all added together. And literally we've added, uh, because a lot of people had multiple donations. Um, uh, so we tallied those up and we put it all into, into one, uh, one overview. And what we, since you are actually producers of the show, and that's the only way to look at it, because uh, besides, you know, you're hitting us up with topics, you're helping with promotion, you're retweeting. Uh, and by the way, we need you to help us out on YouTube as well. Mo, how do we do that? Please go to MoFax, M-O-E-F-A-C-T-Z, uh, and subscribe and like all the videos. Even if you listen on another platform, uh, podcast app or whatever, please come to YouTube and like the videos because it'll help circulate and get the word out there. Yeah, and what's with the hashtag? Something else for YouTube we got to do? Uh, oh, yeah, we'll start putting hashtags for the show topics. That way it also help uh, people find us because our show titles are useless in that. For that, for that, for that purpose. Oh, but they are, but they are trendy. <laughs> Incredibly, they look intelligent. They just don't help at all. But <laughs> no, not at all. So most clearly in charge of the YouTube stuff. Uh, so kind of the the standard that was set at the No Agenda show for producers for titles. We like to do that. Uh, so have two different donation segments. This may be the first one for a long time since. Uh, a lot, again, a lot of these are amounts that have built up over 
the past six months of people donating. Uh, mm-hmm. So you get an official credit, an actual title. This is just like Hollywood gives out. There's nothing different about it. You can call yourself an associate executive producer of MoFax episode number 26. But in this case, the people who are who are here on this list today, uh, you're just an, uh, an associate executive producer of MoFax because you've been doing this for a while. Uh, and that'll be at $200. And you'll be an executive, you'll get an executive producer title if um, if you donate $300 for the episode uh, yes. or up. And uh, for those titles, you're also welcome to add as much as you want in a note if you want to uh, put some feedback in there. Um, if you like a good example of it, you can go to the No Agenda show. Uh, but I'm sure we'll we'll have our own version of it. And there's a couple other things uh, to, the, to this model that we need to uh, talk about. But first, let's thank the... Executive producers. So this is the current executive producers of MoFax, the podcast. Um, mm-hmm. James Lawler, and I think this was a one-time donation, five hundred and seventeen dollars and nineteen cents. This was a. This was not yeah. a. This was not a number of donations. This was just one, correct? Yes, it was just one donation, and he said you would know what the number meant. So, oh crap, <laughs> five seventeen nineteen. It's got to be, see, this is, he said I would know what it meant, and I feel stupid. How, uh, it's a date, maybe? It's a. I'm thinking a date, too. 517. Well, we're going to have to think about it. But thank you very much, James, <laughs> for the, for the thank puzzle. Thank you, James. Thanks. And, uh, and you are uh, executive producer of MoFax with Adam Curry. Uh, Peter J. Boyle, $450 uh, aggregate, and he has a note here. Keep up the great work on the podcast. Thank you, and thank you, Peter. Mark Jasper, $400, and Troy Dale Thomas comes in with $302 uh, total over the past six months. You two are also an executive producer of MoFax, and you can uh, proudly display that wherever you... LinkedIn is actually a good place. People seem to uh, gravitate towards uh, titles like that. Again, real title, wherever uh, credits like this are recognized uh you'll look damn good associate executive producers uh $250 from Aaron Bear Lon Baker also $250 Stephen Page $250 Michael Olson $225 and he says Kobe Beef was <laughs> I notice I pronounced it Kobe Beef was phenomenal <laughs> thank you and John Swoboda uh, a name familiar to me from the No Agenda show $200 and he says, thank you for your courage. And we thank you for your courage, John. And uh, those, uh, see, one, two, three, four, those five people are the associate executive producers of MoFax with Adam Curry. And we'll be thanking uh, the rest of the people who donated kind of in quick succession a little bit later on in this show. And uh, again, we thank you very much. And if you want to support us for any of these programs, uh, just consider what kind of value you got from it. You learned something, it's worth it to you. Whatever that is, go to mofax.com or mofundme.com, M-O-E-fundme.com, directly to our donation page and uh, help produce the show. And thank you very much. Yeah, yeah, thank you very much. We appreciate all the value. All right. Uh, so uh, Wait, I got to do my... Uh... All right, next... To- wait, I don't like that one. How about this one? There you go. That's the one. <laughs> next topic in our potluck special. So this next story really irked me. Uh, and we'll get into why, but another perspective on Dwayne Wade's child being transgender. 
But anyway, moving on in other celebrity news, y'all, the world is raving. I don't know if y'all heard about it, but it's being reported that NBA star Dwayne Wade's 12-year-old son is transitioning, y'all, from male to female. Now, they're saying that the 12-year-old boy, whose name is Zion Edward, now goes by the name of Zaya. Now, they're saying Dwayne spoke candidly in an interview with um, Ellen DeGeneres, which, you know, we all love Ellen DeGeneres, which is going to air later today. They're saying, they're saying in an interview, he discusses y'all being a father to Zion, formerly known as Zion. They're saying the NBA baller revealed to Ellen that he reached out to the cast of Pose, y'all, for help, which addresses to help address the situation. Hey, wh- <laughs> which show is this from? This is from the Ricky Smiley show. Uh, this is on radio. Yes. Okay. And, and I think it's uh it's uh have a YouTube channel as well mm-hmm. where they, they capture the in studio. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is from the Ricky Smiley show. Sounds kind of show busy. Yeah, it it is. It's it's uh one of those. Well, everybody, good morning. Uh, yeah, it's that kind of kind of morning show, High morning show. Yeah, gotcha. And he's the one, remember he's the one that replaced um, Tom Joyner. Guy. Tom Joyner. Yeah. yeah. Well, this, damn. I, I guess that's what you get for the money they actually paid for that gig. Yeah. No wonder Joyner. So, so this story, this story, really irks me, and not for the obvious reason because that's not what that's not why I'm. Here covering this topic the child to publicly uh document a child transi- transitioning i don't think that's a good look now wait a minute now, me personally be- because they're, they're putting this out there publicly you mean or you, they're actually going to document every step of the way i think that they're actually he's 12 he's he's 12 years old mm-hmm. and i just don't think It's appropriate. That's something that you should not be on t- tabloid news for. You understand what I'm saying? Well, like it shouldn't yes. be a tabloid news uh, Well, issue. let me let me say that now. That Twelve years old is, I think, a little young for any big uh, life choices. Um, but when someone makes this dramatic life change. Part of the whole idea is that you that the world knows it, understands it, and uh, converts in in their own process. Um, so it's hard to do that as a celebrity or a child of a celebrity mm-hmm. without without it. Obviously, if you say, "Okay, only friends and people, kids at school," you know that's going to get out. So you can't really cover it up. So uh, this would be something that might have to be. I, mean, I would do this and say, "Hey." We're really proud. Uh, here's what's happening. Uh, and we'd like you to respect our privacy and we're really not going to talk about it anymore. That that would be the way to do it. I don't think that's how it went down with Dwayne Wade. That's my point. Yeah, gotcha. Hollywood is full of kids that's transitioning. We see stars and we see the kids and we see, we kind of like put two and two together, but they don't talk about it publicly. It's like Ch- like uh, Chad Bono. You know, that that was like, okay. And there was still a lot of a lot of noise around it, but then it was just like, okay, just shut up. We're not going to talk about it. And then it just kind of became accepted. And it, uh, but but that happened later in life, I think, for Chad, not at twelve. Right, and and the other problem is that, well, let's just listen to Dwayne Wade uh, talk to Ellen about his uh, supporting his child. 
Thanks for being here. That was a clip from the ESPN documentary. And um, first of all, I just I think it's what every, you know, every parent should be is what you're being right now, which is unconditionally loving your child and supporting your child in whoever they are. I mean, that's. There are so many parents that are just, oh, you're not going the way I imagined or wanted you to be and freak out. And you're so loving and supportive of Zaya. And and what a special child she is. Yes, she is. She is. Thank you so much for that. Um, First of all, me and my wife, my wife, Gabrielle um, Union, we are we are proud. When I say proud, we are proud parents um, of a child in the LGBTQ plus uh, community. And we're proud allies as well. Um, And we we take our, our roles and our responsibility as parents very seriously Hmm. what did you ring your bell for there his wife which is not the mother's child oh oh i didn't know the conversation oh this is a twist i was unaware of yeah the conversation is that she's kind of steering the child uh, as you know, if you notice in the news, she's suing Simon Cowell for smoking and she had the big dust up with uh, Terry Crews and she's always saying things that keep her name in the news more than for mm. her acting and her her own celebrity. Right. She's made, so it's a lot of uh, speculation. I'll, I'll leave it at that. That she might be guiding the child. What is what is her choices. what is her name again? Gabriel Union. She was in uh, Clue, uh, not Clueless. Uh, she was in one of those cheerleading movies, and then she did Bad Boys Two. Uh, I'm trying to think of all the big movies she she did. Um, I got him here. Uh, oh man, she's done quite a lot. Yeah. She she's 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 worked a lot in Hollywood, but Bad Boys Two, Think Like a Man, Deliver Us from Eve, Bring It On, Bring It On. I think mm-hmm. was that that was that was the cheerleading movie, right? Bring It On. Yeah, that was the, that was the cheerleading movie. I remember I remember her from. But that's the that's the whole story behind it. But my problem is one, you're making a a public statement. Two, the child is only twelve years old. I think that's a little young, like like you even said, for any child to be making an, a a lifelong decision. Uh, three, we don't see this with other groups of people and their children. It's more a, a private affair, right? But of course, she's she's that you know this is she's Hollywood and he's sports. You know, it's the, mm-hmm. there's there's some things going on there too. Mm. Right. And how this all kicked off was it was originally they showed up, showed up at a pride uh, parade and she was there and the uh, Zion was dancing on floats. And I have a real problem with taking children to some of these yeah. parades in the oh, first yeah, place because yeah. they're, they're yeah. adult themed. Yes, especially San Francisco. I've, I've, I've I was there during pride and oh, yeah, it's very adult themed. Yeah, so, and and then the other thing is to say a child is homosexual or heterosexual means you're sexualizing the child. Yes, sir. That's another problem I have with it. 
Now, if you have a gender identity issue and you're not sexualizing the child, who am I to say? But anytime a child is sexualized, and I saw this with another child, uh, he was the drag queen, yes. like the 10-year-old drag yeah, yeah, queen, and yeah, he was dancing. Sad. Ellen that, had him on the show, and he was spinning around that, the pole. That's child, like, child abuse. It's complete child abuse. It's, child, it, it's crazy. So, so I want to make it clear to the people that's listening. My issue is not the transitioning. It's the sexualization and the promotion of that sexualization and, 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 sensation, and, and sensationalizing it as well. Because yes. they are. They're, 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 it's sensationalizing. It's making a big deal out of it. So let's get into to part two of the clip with Ellen. Um, so when, I, when our child comes home with uh, a question, when our child comes home with an issue, when our child comes home with anything, it's our job as parents to listen to that, to give them the best information that we can, the best feedback that we can. Um, and that doesn't change because sexuality is now involved in it. So... Once Zaya, a 12-year-old, came home, um, and first Zion, everybody, I don't know if everyone knows, originally named Zion, Zion born um, as a boy, came home and said, hey, uh, so I want to talk to you guys. Um, You know, I think going forward, I'm ready to live my truth, and I want to be referenced as she and her. Uh, I would love for you guys to call me Zaya. And so internally, now is our job to, one, go out and get information, to reach out to every relationship that we have. My wife reached out to everybody on the, the uh, cast of Pose. Um, and we're just trying to figure out as much information we can to make sure that we give our child the best opportunity to be, you know, her best self. Let me go tell everybody at work. No, and she re... Okay, I don't know if you're familiar with the show Pose. No, of course not. Okay, so Pose is the show with the ballroom dancing. Uh... Are you familiar with that culture? Well, what, what ballroom dancing? Yeah, the ballroom scene where the, they do the voguing and the it's guys dressed up as women okay. or yes. identifying as women. Sure, sure, sure. And they sure. do all the voguing and the, yeah, yeah. I'm, vo- that's I'm who voguing you right went now. To take your child to talk to. Mm. to th- there's better sources. You're a millionaire. Your wife's a millionaire. And you take them to a TV showcast. Mm. This is very it. It, it didn't sit, and, and and I was on the fence about doing this this segment of the show. You know, the, the, the problem I have is I, I really don't know enough about them. I, mean, I don't think anyone can, right. um, or about any of the people on the cast. I mean, the the the, the people the cast could be a fantastic uh, fantastic bunch of people. True, but it, all of this being done out in the open is part of the well. You know, this is the way to go. I guess uh, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I've I've read the book. Uh, I bought mm-hmm. the book specifically. Uh, how to know if your child is transgender and what to do about it. And I, I swear to God, and this is the book. This is the book that all these all the parents of trans of uh, kids who want to transition or in, are transitioning read. And I bought it specifically to understand. Eighty percent of the book is political. You know how to deal with this, how to deal with these people, how to deal with how to. You know, it's it's like a a roadmap for the parents. Twenty percent is about the kid, and and that's 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 what I'm saying. So I've educated really myself to get as the child to help. Yeah, I've edu- educated myself with, as best as I could, but I mean, right. please. 
And what I mean by help is if you want to get the child help to embrace their new life, if that's their choice, fine. If you want to say, well, we might want to slow it down. We're not going to dis- discourage you. I, if, if that's their choice to each his own. I, I'm not one of those people that try to tell people how to parent their child. But when my issue is the sexualization of the child, when every that's like me saying, yeah, my 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 twelve year old daughter, she's a heterosexual. If I said that, people are like how how do you know? I mean, like how you know what I'm saying? Like that that's a bold statement I to hear say. You. But I hear you. So we have I have a clip from Ricky Smiley here. And he provides another perspective uh, on on this story. Yeah, everybody, everybody it's scared, just, it's just scared a difficult... to get a opinion because uh, uh, you know it is it, 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 Dave. Should... Okay, I'm dying. Never cut. <laughs> yep, you Never too. Cut. Yep. So just yep. So just let it go. But anyway, my congratulations. Thing is, my thing here's about the son. Now they got the baby up here. They take a family picture. And the baby up here, twelve years old with with a, with a uh, uh, the acrylic uh, nails. Uh, the critic nails yeah. and a halter top shirt on. Now, be what you want to be, but the question is: if that boy was a, a real little girl, is it appropriate? Because my twelve-year-old daughter wouldn't have on no oh, halter top and, and no acrylic acrylic nails. My twelve-year-old girl, right? Because they got plenty of time for that. They got the rest of their life to do that. Now, why you got to march that out in front of everybody and that's still a child? This, this, is, this is me. Now, you can get mad at me and the LGBT community can attack me or whatever and, and say whatever they want to say. But I'm just talking about just as a parent, you got to use a certain amount of discretion. And it almost feels like exploitation uh, uh, to a child's sexuality. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, uh so you don't know. I, I know. I kind of, I kind of caught you flat-footed with this story. Not really. But that's why I'm trying to. No, I'm just saying. As far as you don't know specifically this story, uh, the, just and tangentially. The images that go with it, and the images, as uh, Ricky Smiley was saying, is the picture they took. The kid got like three, four-inch acrylic nails on, and a right. crop top. And it's like, hold no, on, no, my no, 16 no, no. That's, daughter no, no. just started wearing. Yeah, exactly. It's inappropriate. I got I got lucky because my daughter, when she was around 12, she was into good Charlotte, and she just wore black, black pants, black, black hair, black eyes, black, black, everything. <laughs> so, how unattractive can I make myself? I'm like, it is good. I like where you're going with this. This is perfect. Keep them away. I have a 16-year-old daughter. I have a 10-year-old daughter. So he falls in the ages of, of those two. Mm-hmm. And really, girls don't really get into how I say, like uh, doing their hair. I, I want to say that, like you know, obsessing over it and the nails and stuff. To about fifteen, sixteen years old, makeup, that kind of thing. You got a twelve-year-old boy getting uh, acrylic nails and wearing crop tops. Well, now, now because because she's chosen it, I'm going to recognize her as a girl, and I'll say Zaya, and I'll say girl. Oh, just, excuse me. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay I got you. Uh, got to be fair on that. Um, right. But, I, yeah, I, I'm seeing the pictures. I understand. No, it's inappropriate. It's inappropriate. And and, and with the whole backdrop, now, we, the re, our ladies clip these out. Oh I, oh, I know it's coming. I mean, I, I'm just sitting here waiting for the hammer to fall. We talked about the emasculation of black men. 
putting yep. black men in dresses in Hollywood and Billy, you, you, you Billy Porter. <laughs> oh, you mean like uh, Martin Lawrence? And then uh, and uh, what's his face? Uh, Chappelle. Yeah, Chappelle, right. Little Nas X. I yep. mean, we see all these things that it's constant. We only make up 6% of America, black men. 6%. Now, how many of the flamboyant uh, had a, a homosexuals do black men represent in Hollywood? It's overrepresented. And we've done this show. We've done the show on this. And, and the whole point I'm trying to make is when you see it through that lens, and maybe people can't see it how uh, Ricky Smiley sees it, how I see it, that wow, like, let me let me let me play this back to you. So you're seeing in Hollywood when you look at Hollywood production, you're seeing an over mm-hmm. an uh, an unrealistic, inflated amount of uh, black men who are uh, gay, flamboyant, uh, uh, definitely not your typical masculine representation of a man. Correct. I mean, you see, you have Billy Porter, you have RuPaul, you have Little Nas X. I mean, you, you the list goes on, and what we're looking for is the counterparts in other cultures, and you don't see it. We only make up 6% of the population black men do. 6%. Yes, okay, thank you for uh, thank you for clarifying that. Because, of course, of course I don't see it that way. I will now, though. This show ruins me. That's all this shit, and I hear pe- people of color, and now I got to see all the, I got to pay attention to the black man on TV. Oh, my God. And like I said, if if she was 17, 18 years old, that's fine. I don't have a problem with it now. But the fact that I'm a parent, I don't like to see kids misused. Well, of course that's not. the whole that's yeah. the whole reason for I even took up for MLK saying he was the modern day uh Greta. Right. <laughs> right. That he I mean, he didn't have a choice, a lot of choices in the way he was being steered. Right. I, I'm fair across the board, but when you look at this as a as a whole, a lot of people wouldn't understand what Snoop Dogg was saying and why he was so angry. But well, no, of course, I, whole, I, yeah. Once once you know what's going on, once you know why he's mad and what it's really about, but of course, even even that fleeting moment of understanding is just being plowed over by the mainstream and their own agenda. But anyway, I don't want to go back to that. I want to stick with the story and hear where you're go- taking it next. We have one of our favorite YouTubers, Mr. Chronicle of Judah 144, and he chimes in on uh, D. Wade's son. If they were truly concerned about supporting this young man, they would have made sure that they imbued him with masculine energy so that he could understand exactly what his role is supposed to be in this society. And this is why, brothers, again, a lot of you guys have a hard time understanding why I come out against the so-called pro-blacks, because this is what they're actually about, man. The so-called pro-blacks, for the most part, they're not for the empowerment of so-called black people. They use the pro-blackly black stuff, especially the celebrities who try to act like they're pro-black. They use the fake pro-blackly black stuff <laughs> as a cover to get you to let your guard down. Then they want you to accept what they're really about, which is pansexuality, transgenderism, homosexuality, lesbianism, pederasty, etc. That's what they're actually about. Because they're sexualizing this young boy right here. 
for him to say that he's a homosexual, what he's really saying is that he's attracted to other young boys or grown men, right? They're sexualizing him. Some people may hear this and think, oh, he's bigoted or, you know, he's not understanding. But we're talking about the bigger story here or the the bigger picture. And so I found this interesting clip from an unlikely source, Mr. David Icke. <laughs> are you? Are you <laughs> oh, yeah. David Icke is the granddaddy of, uh, of the lizard people. Of course, I know David yeah. Icke and I respect him uh, incredibly for a lot of uh, his lectures, books, uh, all kinds of stuff. He's a very interesting guy. Well, this is a non-lizard yeah. clip, but, <laughs> but we want to listen to his thoughts on, on the transgender movement. So if you look at the, the transgender thing, uh, again, it comes under this heading of if it's the agenda, you won't have the right for another opinion. Because if you're trying to sell the idea that there is no biological difference between men and women, well, you're, you're on a loser because you can't win that debate. But if you silence the opposition and you um, uh, intimidate them into silence through abuse and, and all the rest of it that comes from that, then you don't have to win the debate. Of course, there is no debate and your your view will prevail and we're seeing it prevail all the time. So is your is your thinking here, Mo, that uh, this child uh, is being you slash abused uh, to further the agenda and to silence the debate? That's exactly what it is. Uh, when you look at all the data points. When you look at how black men are being portrayed in the media. It's, it's, it's like an emasculation program that's being ran. Okay. All right. Now, now I totally understand. Okay. So I'm going to play this back. Mm -hmm. So when you look at television, Hollywood, movies, etc., you're already seeing an, uh, a high percentage of uh, men in non-traditional masculine roles. Mm -hmm. um, and then you get... All this kind of stuff thrown on top. Of course, we're all just coming out of the Snoop Dogg thing uh, with mm -hmm. Gail and Oprah, and we know what's really behind that. And then uh, this needs to be put front and center. Um, I can totally see where you're coming from. Now, is it real? I can't say yes or no, but I know how it feels to me. It feels to and, you, and, I'm, I'm just going to take a guess, it feels like there's a systematic uh, thing at, uh, at work here. Correct. That, that, that's exactly right. And it's, and even, even if you say something, and if you, if we can't really go back and listen to it, but when Ricky Smiley first started talking, he was stuttering. He couldn't find his words. It was it hard was, for him to say it, yeah. Yeah. Is this where we're at where we can't even... Talk about rebut it. The arg we can't rebut the argument. And then according to David Icke, that's exactly where we're at. And that's the plan. And he continues on with that in clip number two. If people feel that they're in the wrong body, that's none of my business. It's their business. And if they want to self-identify um, as, as a sex different to their body, good luck to you, mate. 
A, 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 it's your right to do that, and B, it's none of my business. But that's not what it's about. That's the foot in the door. The foot in the door says we must not discriminate against transgender people. Okay, my hands go up. Absolutely agree with you. We shouldn't. Shouldn't be discriminating against anybody. But that's when it starts, and then it starts to move. And now suddenly you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't have this opinion, you can't have that opinion. If you're a parent and you don't like what's being taught to your kids at school, then, then, then you're a bigot and, and, and you're, you're, you're a, you, you are anti, you're, you're, you're a transphobic. Uh, and the whole thing expands from the initial, we mustn't discriminate against uh, uh, transgender people. Yes. Oh, man, I'm so glad you brought this. This is deep, by the way, because this this. Yeah, sure. It's uh, black men now. (laughs) Mm -hmm. You know, uh, this is. This is an overall attack on men, I think. Uh, hmm. This is what he's saying is so right, because even I'm like, how do I exactly how can I say what I'm feeling? I'm not quite sure how to put it into words. But the whole point is. Even struggling and having the conversation, you know, in the back of your mind, there's someone going, transform! And that's how it works, I guess. And then and you got to read, I'll send you, I'll send you a copy of this book mm-hmm. uh, that uh, that the, all parents are reading who uh, believe their child uh, wants to transition or feel it or the kid has said it, whatever it is. It's kind of the book. And you'll see mm-hmm. what I mean. It's, it's. That's why this is kind of hitting home what you're saying here. It's 80% political. How do you deal with this? How do you deal with school? How do you, you know, not about how do you love the child? How do you shepherd your child through this? You know, it's like, well, you could, here's all the numbers you can call. And it looks a heck of a lot like a program now that you've brought this to my attention. And as he said, they keep pushing, not, and I, when I say things like black people, white people, transgender people. I'm not talking about the everyday and I use this term running the mill people. I'm not talking about those people. I'm talking about the icons or the representations that they use in the media. Yes. That's my problem because these these tools that they use in the media, and I don't mean it as a disparaging remark, but it's kind of like how I talk about the boule. It's the same thing. They use these talking heads and these talking points to shape society. Yes. And once they start pushing, if you don't stand your ground and say, no, I'm not going to go back any further. Now, you can live in your space. I can live in my space and we could coexist with each other. But you're not going to infringe and make me change my mind on what I believe. I can respect your beliefs. We do this on the show all the time. Mm-hmm, of course. I might not agree with something you say. Okay, that's fine. You know, we'll, we'll, okay, we'll agree to disagree and we'll keep moving on. But this next clip is, a, and is, is the exact example of not only can they exist in their world and, um, and the way they want to exist, they want to infringe on institutions and Case in point is Billy Porter on Sesame Street. 
Emmy and Tony Award-winning actor Billy Porter has some words for those who have spoken out about him wearing a dress on Sesame Street. Now, last month, pictures were posted of Billy on set of season 51 of the long-running children's series wearing a velvet gown, the same incredible velvet Christian Siriano gown he wore to the 2019 Oscars. A Republican state senator from Arkansas, whose name shall not be named, said in a Facebook post, do you approve of your taxpayer dollars being used to promote radical LGBTQ agenda? He added he would like a bill to cut off all funding to PBS. Yeah, okay. Well, last night, Billy had the best response, telling Page Six, if you don't like it, don't watch it. Now, listen, it really is that simple. Let me break it down for you in simple terms. Think of it like this. I don't like sci-fi, so I don't watch it. I hate steak, so I don't eat it. Do sci-fi and steak still exist? Yes, they do. Senator No Name, queer people exist. It is not an agenda, and we are not going anywhere. So, are you offended Billy wore a gown on Sesame Street? As a parent, is it best to ignore a man in a dress or to explain to your children why a man is in a dress? Do you think PBS's funding should be cut? Let me know in the comments below. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, I hate this. I really hate this one. Uh, Let me say first, uh, I come from show business. Since, mm-hmm. since, since I was 15, but really 19. And I've always enjoyed the colorful people in the business. Uh, we had Boy George back in the day. Um, um, you know, there, I, there's Elton John, I mean, is another perfect example. I, colorful people bring color and joy to the world in their own unique way. But that was on, you know, like, you, you had to be an adult. You buy a ticket to go see the show. Uh, you know, he would be in the, in the context of, uh, of an entertainment based program, which is fun. You know, it's fun to have someone different, not the same old boring people. I enjoy that and I appreciate it. Sesame street is a learning tool. And I think it's, uh, there's other ways to introduce, <laughs> there's other ways to introduce this to children. Now to immediately take it to, do you think that? This is just some bullshit asshole who's like, do you think PBS should be defunded? PBS should be defunded by the government because they make money from the military industrial complex. It's all brought to you by Raytheon and, and, uh, you know, the Grumman. It's, they don't need government money for this. Um, but that's not the position of Sesame Street. Sesame Street is, uh, is a tradition. You know, and it's it's it, it stands for something, and it's changed over time. But I think there's other ways to uh, to do this than Billy Porter. I don't think Billy Porter is qualified uh, to instruct children. I did like his dress uh, and the and the hat uh, at the uh, at the Oscars. Um, so I got. And nothing- I would say this. I would say the same thing if it had a a puppet with a MAGA hat on spewing Donald same Trump. Same thing. Yeah, can't point. can't have that either. I- no. I'm like, this is not meant for, this is for children. If Most parents, they want to sit their kid down in front of Sesame Street, you know, with some animal crackers and like, you know, and not have to worry about their child being steered. It's not about where you're steering them at. It's like, do let them learn the numbers, the letters, the colors, how crayons are made. And that's fine. <laughs> <clears throat> but <laughs> I mean, 
that's what I learned from Sesame Street. But th- that's the problem. It's just it's this one after another after another pushing these boundaries, and then it's it recoils. You know, when you push that spring down, it's gonna have to recoil, and then when it does, there's like see that. Like, like this guy said, oh, yeah, I don't like steak, so I don't eat it. Yeah, that's totally. How many, how many groups uh, are like, you don't need to eat meat? Meat's killing the planet. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you. Bernie Sanders' uh, uh, speech interrupted by women against cow's milk. Eh. Right. So, I mean, I, I just wanted to bring that up. It's just that the black community has always have been embracing of homosexual people. Yes, very we much proved, so. We proved that with the episode we did about Harlem. And um, so uh, when you talk about... Um, well, let me stop uh, you. They are resting. Hold on. Let me stop I mean, he was, Let me stop you for yeah. a second. You mm-hmm. make a blanket statement there, which I don't think a lot of people agree with. Uh, What's that? Uh, the, my perception, uh, and you know where I'm coming from, my perception mm-hmm. is that uh, black men, ADOS men, just to make it specific, because I think that there is a, there is a difference. Um, in my perception, do not like homosexuality. Okay. We may not agree with it. Because you made a valid point. If a person wants to be called by a name, and, and I have this argument with some of the people that agree with me. They're like, man, I'm not calling them, you know, that or why would you antagonize a person? If you want to be, you know, I had a I, I knew a you know a person and they want to be called Patty Spain. Okay, that's your name, Patty Spain. Um and they were transitioning whatever cool, whatever. That's what you want to be called. Muhammad Ali changed his name. I'm to to antagonize a person, that's one thing. But then you say, well do you agree? No, but I mean that's your life. Why can't we have that stance? But it's like when you say you don't agree, then that's when they get want to throw you in a re-education camp. And it's like you have to, you have to comply. You have to comply. So accepting, you can disagree with something and accept it. Would is, you? Is, would is you? Clear? Okay. Would you? Um, here, let me try this on you. Would you okay. agree that um, white men in general in America? I, let's just mm-hmm. keep in America. Um, are more accepting of men exhibiting non-masculine flamboyant behavior versus ADOS men. And, and, and And this is where I think we do need to take the account, take into account the historical assault on ADOS men. That's the point. I just thinking, I can't think of a, the white version of a RuPaul. Right off the top of my head, I can't think of that. Shit, oh, Billy RuPaul, Ru, RuPaul almost looks white sometimes. I'm just saying, but who who is the equivalent in pop culture of that? I mean, when you say a white man, <laughs> Let me t- I'll tell you, <laughs> you guys, you you mo, you guys got yeah. RuPaul, you know, and, and I think every guy looks at RuPaul and like shit, man. <laughs> now, what do the white guys get? We get divine, if you can remember. That's what we got. Is that is that too old a reference for you? I, I think I know who you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I think I know who you're talking about. That's who but we yeah, got. But when I'm, yeah, but I'm just saying that the flamboyantness, uh, you get Anderson Cooper. Right. 
That's that's on, the on, white. Well, day. uh, okay. Well, Anderson Cooper on New Year's Eve, as an example, I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, please, it's just it's too gay for me. Uh, and I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this, and and we can move on to the next block. I just want to say to make this one point. Why is it when white men become flamboyant, they emulate black women? Oh, this is thank you. You're asking me. I wish I had an answer, and I wish we could stop all of that. But yes, so, it's you're. Oh my god. You know what? I I think so it's the culture. It's the culture. It's like. Oh, if I'm going to be flamboyant, then I have to girlfriend act and talk like a black woman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And and they learn that from black men. So it's you. I've never seen a flamboyant white man. Maybe maybe uh the uh, Liberace maybe. Well, I uh, mean, but that, how many years ago was that? So, I mean, you don't have anybody like that in pop culture. No, now. no. I mean, I, I have lots of people that I know or friends or mm-hmm. in in my circle. Um, and uh, and not all gay men act like that at all. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> at all. Um, but all. But that. But that's interesting because you know I think what you and I are like. It's like hey, I don't give a shit. Whatever. Whatever you do is fine. And if you're my buddy and you're, you 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 want to be flamboyant, fine. I'll laugh along. It's it's cool. I got no problem. Uh, but I'm also not be well. That's actually changing, but uh, as a white man, I haven't had this constant assault on uh, on me since you know no man in the in the home. Mm-hmm. Um, but we uh, but white guys are starting to feel this a little bit because we, in case you hadn't noticed, you might want to check your email. Uh, mm-hmm. We're the problem. <laughs> we're the patriarchy. It's the white male who's fucked everything up. So I'm starting to feel it, but it's in the it's. It's more direct. It's not so subtle. It's not a subtle elimination. It's basically one day we'll wake up and decide that, you know, you white straight guys, especially if you're old, you, you, know, you have to go away. But what's happened to the black man is has been sneaky and nasty. And, and now this is the last point I'm going to make on this. We've been that for 400 years. And I know that sounds like a cliche, but no. And what they realize is like, okay, we got them at 75% single mother rate. So they're not really an issue anymore. You know, as long as we control the women, then we control the kids. And, you know, now we have to go after the bit target, the white men. You are the canary in my coal mine, my friend. <laughs> and I appreciate it. This, hey, let's promise to come back and do, a, do this topic okay, again. We, we, this, is some, this is some of the most difficult talk for two men to have, really, uh, because just because of how you're perceived is talking about it. I think, I think that's somewhere in mm-hmm. the back. It must be in the back of your mind. Um, it's cause you know, I, I, I know that you know, we don't believe a shit about whatever anybody does, but when it comes to this kind of assault and you, and I feel you on the 400 years, I feel you that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, having known you because believe me, six months ago, I've been, what you talking about Willis? <laughs> right, right. So, <laughs> so let's promise. So co- we want, we want. Let's take. We'll table this conversation. Yeah. We will come back around to. It. Good. I like it. I, I like it a lot. Can I get the sound effect so I can go into the C block? C, C block. It is. Clip twenty two. It's time for another news. We will take a look at the news stories that may not be on your radar, but they should be. Police in Cedar Rapids, Michigan, arrested a man for allegedly kidnapping a woman and forcing her to watch all nine hours of Roots, telling her it was, quote, so she could better understand her racism. 
Come on, bro. I know it's Black History Month, but this ain't the way. I recommend everybody watch Roots at least once because you want to, not at gunpoint. Yeah. Now, you and I have talked about Roots. I, I don't know if it was on the show or was before yeah, we was, started was, the show. It, it was. was on the Yeah, it's, it's a, yeah. It's a uh, what do you call it? Um, it was the Colin Kaepernick episode no, with I, Toby. I, right, yeah. no, but yeah. it, you call it... Um, a victim oh, trauma, uh, trauma, tra- trauma trauma based entertainment trauma based entertainment yes mm-hmm. now uh i'll just re- uh, repeat it when i was uh, young growing up i can't remember the exact year but i was still living with my parents and i was living in the netherlands and it, and and it came on and it was uh very impactful uh and you know we would sit every week we'd watch another episode because another oh another episode another episode um and it was impactful. That that that's what I remember, and mm-hmm. I and I, I I don't think you've even seen the movie. I think you read the book, right? No, I seen. I've seen. Oh, I had seen to it? see it oh, okay, when it came back. Oh, I mean, my my parents sat me down like, sit down, boy, and, and you know what I'm saying, and watch this. Oh, oh, so they did. And, they forced you to watch it. Oh, all right, 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 because it was like it's a it's like a history lesson, but it's like so uh, incorrect and incomplete. But I mean, for the 1970s, that's what you get. Right. Uh, but this man forced a white woman to watch Roots, <laughs> whereas he should—he should have forced her to listen to at least uh, 20 episodes of Mo Facts. That would have helped her exactly. right there. But it, no, saved him some time. <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, no. We're gonna, no, go watch some Roots. <laughs> so okay, so let's get into the uh, clip 23 man named Robert Lee Noy was charged with first-degree harassment and false imprisonment after he kidnapped a white woman and forced her to watch the nine-hour slave documentary Roots so she could better understand racism. That's it. That's the tweet. According to police reports, when the woman tried to move, Noy threatened to kill her and spread her body parts, starting with her foot across Interstate 380 on the way to Chicago. Roots, which first aired on American TV in 1977, follows the struggles of one African-American family told over several generations, starting with Kunta Kinte. When the white woman was asked, does she better understand racism after being kidnapped and forced to watch Roots? She replied, yes, after being kidnapped and forced to watch Roots by a black man. I totally understand why some white people hate black people. End quote. Well, this story had onion written all over it by that last line, and then and the foot thing. The foot, yeah, well, like what? This I'm is start with a foot. No, was this real? I, I I remember seeing the the headline fly by, but was this real? This, was this thing? Did this really happen? This, this is real. These are real stories now. Real yes, as it can be. I understand why white people hate black people. <laughs> Yeah, that's hilarious. I, I thought that was a funny line. That, that, uh, for her to, to, first of all, for her not to be traumatized and then to have a c- comedic relief, that was pretty funny. Yeah. But uh, when I heard this, my mind started to do what it does. Uh oh, like, Root, roots, captive woman, roots, white woman, captive roots. You know, and I was like, ah, I got it. American Horror Story. 
And my number one moment, Roots, or Headless Roots. This was the funniest moment from the episode. Watching Delphine's head just squirm as she was trying to make it through Queenie's marathon. Stubborn old lady head. And Queenie was hilarious too. Whenever she was listing all the movies in her marathon, I thought she was going to say Precious, based on the novel Push by Sapphire. Bonus points to any of you guys who can complete Queenie's movie marathon successfully. Did I start this clip too early? <laughs> no. <laughs> Got to tell me what's happening here. So let me fill you in. American Horror Story. Uh, it's this show. It comes on FX. Yeah, I've, I've, each... I've, I've, I never watched it. I, n- I know about it. Never watched it. But season three was about a witch coven uh, in Louisiana. And it was racially charged. You had the black witches and the white witches, literally, you're saying mm-hmm. uh, racially black and white. And... One of the black witches, well, they resurrected this old white witch that came from slavery, slavery era. So somehow her head gets cut off and then the black witches take her head and sit in front of television and make it watch all these black television shows, (laughs) including Roots. (laughs) Hey. (laughs) So I was like, when I heard this story, I was like, where did it? That, Where did I hear this scenario at? Life imitating it, art. I love it. Well, the, it, it really does. And I wonder if that's where he got the idea from. But <laughs> to get the feet, just to give you context of the scene and what happened, I have the actual scene from American Horror Story, uh, Head 2. So we're going to have ourselves a little film festival. You're going to watch Mandingo, The Color Purple, and then my personal favorite, Baps, starring Miss Halle Berry. Oh, God. Roots. No, 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 not that jungle music. Enjoy. No, wait a minute. No, no, no. Turn it down. Oh, Lord. Oh, no. Oh, I wish I was in land of cotton. Old times dead. Now I forgot. Look away. Look away. Look away, Dixieland. <laughs> now I got to go watch this damn show. <laughs> so to give you the visual, her head sitting on a... <laughs> and her head singing along. Is that what's going on? Just her head. Just her head. Because she's a witch. So she's been beheaded, but she's not dead. No. So... <laughs> of course not. We all know that's not how you kill a witch. Hello. Right. <laughs> You got to burn them, but um, <laughs> yeah. So they have her head sitting up there, and they they force her to watch all these uh, uh, Baps and Mandingo and 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 Roots, and that she can't take it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so just to, to, to wrap it up, let's listen to the final uh, American horror, horror Story clip. Yeah, get my eyes shut tight. Entire time, vile negress. I didn't see a bit of it. <laughs> I'm not surprised. You kept your eyes closed your entire life. Can't keep your ears closed, though. Not without no hands to cover them. What is that heinous caterwauling? Something my grandma used to listen to. If this doesn't touch your soul, you don't have one. When will my perdition end? When you learn something. Yeah. One stubborn old lady head, you know. I gotta go. Home to my 
got to find this guy, man. We got to find out if, if, if he was inspired by uh, the great work of American Horror Story. When I heard, like I said, when I heard this story, I was like, I've heard that scenario somewhere before, and it popped in my head. <laughs> American Horror Story. And as you heard there, it's about re-education. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, uh, totally. And Who produces that, that piece of crap? Who produces no, that? I, I have no idea. I have no idea. Uh, I don't even watch it like that, but I just wanted to see where they were. When there was something like racially charged, I want to see where it goes. And I was like, oh, okay, this is what this is about. Black witches against white witches and slave masters. And I, okay, another trauma-based, uh, trauma-based um, entertainment. So I didn't really get into it like that, but I remember that scene because it was just so jarring. I was like, oh, okay. So that that's uh, the C block. <laughs> so, <that's>, oh, man. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> fantastic. <laughs> All right. Uh, now I'd like to thank the rest of the people who uh, supported the show over the past six months. Uh, we won't have these long breaks anymore uh, moving forward. Uh, we'll just thank mm-hmm. people um, as it comes in on a weekly basis. Uh, which, of course, you can do at uh, MoFundMe.com, M-O-E-Fundme.com. And so these are the uh, people who all supported us. And it's quite a list, so I'll go as fast as I can. And if there's a note, I'll mention the note. Uh, uh, $155 from Storm Williams. And he says, Hoover was black? What the hell? Thanks for the show. Uh, David Fugazado, of course, we know Dave from the No Agenda Show, 150 Joe Bassesi, $150. Daniel Mariano, 135.18. Now, again, some of these numbers are aggregates uh, over the uh, past six months. Uh, mm-hmm. Brad R. King, 133.32. Torben Peterson, 133.32 as well. John Taylor, 130. Clinton, uh, $120.20. The Shiro's is us all, is uh, Clinton's note. Michael Astfalk, 113.93. Eric Hochul, I know him. He's from uh, Germany. Um, and by the way, we've got to figure out a way to get the uh, where you're from. So if you might as well, if you can, if you can put that in a, in a note in PayPal or in the Cash App. And also, if you want mm-hmm. to be anonymous, let us know that way as well. Uh, Eric Hochul, $104. Drew Sample, 101.19. Aaron Christensen, 100. Uh, the following are all 100. Alan Boulderdorf, Chris Eisbach, Daniel Wood, Greg Wilson, Jonathan Keegan, uh, Keith Gibson, Morgan Howe, Pascal Seeley, Richard Bangs. I think his name is Dick Bangs. Not kidding. Uh, Ronnie Franklin, $100. And Timothy Cato says, dig the show. Get some potato salad for the cookout. Also $100. Then we have 8008, also known as the boob donation from Simon Lubuzowitzki. Lubuzowitzki. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. 80 from Mark Marlin. Uh, Computer Solution Services, $79.12. Pierce, LLC, $77.77. Thank you. Dean Roker, $70. Brian Tannum, $65. Brian Burgess, $63.23. William Alston, uh, $60.06, known as the uh, small boobs donation. (laughs) You got to take a calculator, kids. Find out what that's all about. (laughs) Paul Rothwell, $60. Thomas Starkweather, I I don't know, Tom. 60, tinyempire.com, 60, Alexander Salzberger, 5510. We call that double nickels on the dime. Julie Wood Holmlund, 55. Dave Helgertz, 5264. Aaron Newberry, $50.33. The following are $50 donors. Aaron Yoho, Adam Reisig, Andrew Wilson, Caleb Kniffen, uh, or Niffen, uh, Christopher Denon, Christopher Holman, 
who says, keep the brilliant analysis coming on the podcast. Daniel Galloway, Daniel Taggart, Dave Jones. Hey, Dave. Uh, David McAnally, 50. Harvey Smith, who says, more funds for MoFax. Harry Biglin, John F. Bell, John Smith, Judy Swartz, Mark Hampton, Matthew Janiszewski. Hey, Matthew. Uh, Sean Motol, Sean O'Neill, Stephen or Stephen Owens, uh, Vasilios Plagetis, Plangentis. Ah, I think that's it. 50, Vincent Dame, William Taylor. Those were all 50. Then $40 from Laura Spivey and Terrence Clark, who says, thank you for your courage. Shazir, Shazir. Uh, says great broadcast 39 35 from Eric Hoff also 35 from Matt Fuzzle then we have my favorite numbers 33 dollars and 33 cents from Sammy McKinnon and Shane Carbonet uh, also Michael Olson who says Mo Facts with Adam Curry great stuff gentlemen Yusuf Hagazi 33 31 dollars from Terry Keller David Boda 30 Elvis Rosenberg um is also from Latasha Jordan and Elvis Rosenberg, $30, $30 from Laura Hoover. Robert Case, $28.55. Jonathan Evans, $28.52. Uh, the following are $25. Adrian Magnuson White, Alain Asaf, Arlis Dijena, Brian Kaufman, Brian Moss, Gomberg Legal. Good, we need that. Larry Hay, Laura Spivey, Lynn Kissig, Matthew Bash, Matthew Shower, Srinivas Murti. Stephen Tomoser, and Tiffany uh, Timothy Kiernan, Tom Masiro, uh, blowing my mind every week. Great work, guys. Tyler Boyd, twenty-five. Uh, now we're getting to the, towards the end of the list here. We have Stephen Kunkel, twenty-three ninety-seven. Andrew Brewer, twenty-two twenty-two. Julian Swan, twenty-two. William Hawthorne, really appreciate what you guys are doing. Keep up the great work. Twenty-one twelve. Nice palindrome. Clark Sales, twenty-twenty. David Jensen, twenty-twenty. Eric Allen, twenty-twenty. $20 from, here's the $20, the following is Arsonomics, Bradford Galleon, David Timmons, Don Mills, Fierce Diva Enterprises, Jennings Overstreet, Kevin Roa, hello Kevin, uh, Kyle Kinzel, Martin Olson, Patrick Gossack, Patrick Mangan, Ryan Kugler, Scott Evers, Sean Mernon, Sean Barber, Sky Kilbury, Terrence Catapano, Todd Tarson, uh, and then $18 from William Cameron, 15 from David Driscoll, value for value, thank you, he says. David Hutchinson, 15 Michael McGurick, 15 something tangible because donating is loving. <laughs> There's your reparations, Mo. Don't spend it all in one place. Uh, Michael Zavala, 15 Philip Weber, 15 Stephen Whitmer, 15 $10 from Alan Huffman, Brian Swearing, and Cameron Hurd, David Hazan, Doug, who says, thank you for the value MoFax has provided me. Aichi Kitagawa, 10. Ernest Benoit, Benoit, I should know how to pronounce that. F. Von Sulen. Uh, Gregory Seymour says, $10 for keeping my eyes open. Ian Abbott, uh, Jamon McLaren, Joe Cool Design, Lucas McDonald, uh, Michael Lucius, who says, thanks, it was education. Nicholas Evans, Paul Hooper, Pietro Zimini. Rebecca Webb, Rent-A-Video, hello, Steve Edwards, uh, Timothy Vollmer, then Harm Feinstra, $9.99, 11 Tooth Assassin, dollars uh, $5 from Benjamin Montierth, Brandon Ellsbury, Brian Rudiger, Christopher Ritter, 
Comrade Computing Services, David Weirman, JLT, Mark Neiman, Paul Shin, Ronnie Chambliss, uh, Scott McJilton, Shaheen Pavan, keep it real, Cirrus Essaw, love the show, Tony Moreno, uh, and William Hawthor, and uh, the final on the list, William uh, William Hawthor 5, Trimble Design and Development 499, uh, freehollowbooks.com 420. Thank you, message received. And Lawrence Morse, $4. These are the people who have supported us over the past six months. I'm blown away by the number of people that are supporting us, that are actually um, returning the value. It's uh, I Doing this show has been a great joy uh, to my life, and I, I think it shows for you as well, Mo. And having yep. these people as our producers, uh, helping us promote the show, helping us with feedback. And uh, from now on, if you donate, please uh, consider putting a note in if you have a little bit of feedback. Now, we're not asking for a huge a huge book or anything. You know, keep it kind of like tweet length. Um, just whatever you got to say. It does help. It's a great feed li- feedback loop for the, uh, for the show. And uh, you can consider right now showing some value as a producer of Mo Facts with Adam Curry by going to mofundme.com and uh, turning your value into numbers that you can send our way. MOEfundme.com. I just want to say thank you to everyone because each and every person that support the show just keeps us motivated. I mean, we're going to have the conversation anyway, but it's just that it's the little extra, you know, that keeps us going. It, it really does. And, um, I am uh, delighted by uh, this response because that means that it's appreciated. It, it's a two-way mm-hmm. street. That's that's the secret. <laughs> it really is. You guys are intimately involved. It's no longer just a, a one-way radio thing these days. So, again, thank you very much. Uh, MoFundMe.com. All right. So we're in the final block, the D block, and it kind of bleeds over from the C block. Growing numbers of African-American women in Maryland and across the nation are leaving traditional church worship. All of them are in search of something else, a spiritual belief that connects them to their ancestors and where they can feel more empowered to control their own well-being. They have found it in ancient forms of spiritual contact. Some call it witchcraft, a term they accept and embrace. Most of us, this is how we worship, a tradition that predates us all. This too is an ancient art of worshiping, not to God, the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, but to spirits and deities that span the oceans and date back to pre-slavery days in Africa. Are you in fact witches? I'm whatever the situation calls for. (laughs) So if you come to me with pleasantries. You being respectful, you'll get Glenda, the good witch of the suburbs. But if you come at me with negativity and meanness and disrespect, then you'll get Eveline, your worst nightmare. Uh, okay. Where is this from? This is from the Maryland News. Really? Local, the local news in Maryland, yes. So that so these women are leaving the church for a life of witchcraft? Yes. This is okay. Adam's white perspective. Uh I don't th- and I think we've talked about this. This is not something uh black people are into witchcraft. Case in point. Mary Ann Williamson. 
Yes. When we yes. first started talking. That's right. Yeah. And and everything was going great. She was talking reparations. And then all that crazy stuff happened in the church. And everyone went, no, I don't think so. And who was she the spiritual advisor for? Uh, Oprah. And who is on the wall of uh, black women nowadays for a certain segment of black women? Oprah. You see how this come full circle, Mr. Curry? Wow. The coven is on your wall, people. <laughs> Seriously. I mean, you, you, you tricked me. No, ago, no, Mo. No, you tricked me. Yeah. You tricked me. You said this was going to be a potluck, but there's a theme here. It is. A theme. No, it's you not. Tri- you tricked me. <laughs> it, it's not a theme. It's... it's it's life. Honestly, I, I I mined these clips separately. That's fantastic. And they were just sitting. They were just sitting in my. I have a clip bank. Where I'm like, oh, that's interesting. I just throw it in there. Yeah. And as I see linked everything together, and see, I just got see today. Speaking about the man making the women watch woman white woman watch roots. Right. I just got that today, and I was like, whoa. That links everything together. It and I, sure I didn't does. intentionally meant to do this, but this is how this podcast works. I, I mean, love it's it. just, I love it. I love it. All right. It's just natural. It's like that. Take but, me to the witches. Okay. Witchcraft, too. They have many names and titles and ranks within their belief system. They are college-educated professional women who've chosen to believe that theirs is a truer example of worship that is inclusive of the genders. It connects them, they say, to their ancestors and fills a need not found in traditional worship, though most of them grew up in the church. I was raised Christian, all Christians in my family. Um, in fact, my grandfather was a preacher in the South. I also grew up Christian. I grew up Anglican in the Episcopal Church. The older I got, the more disconnect I felt. I was raised Baptist. My father is a deacon. My mom a deaconess. I was in church all the time. These women are part of a sect, Ile Ola Afefe Osa Meiji, spiritual temple. They worship and offer prayers to Ashun, a predominant deity. The deity or the Arisha of um, aesthetics, beauty, sex sensuality. They are growing numbers of African-American women who have chosen for themselves a new life, leaving the church in search of more meaning in their lives. And yes, it can be called witchcraft. Shaking my head. (laughs) I'm blown away. Now, I will say this. Witchcraft has always existed in the quote-unquote black community. Because there's a thing called roots, not the roots that we just talk about, but actual. It's kind of like when somebody works a spell on you, uh, and they're like, "Don't eat people's food." They could put a root on you, or don't do this. They could put a root on you. You know, like a, a curse. Oh, okay. A so hex. right. What do you know? What the etymology is of of root in that context? It's like some kind of poison root, or I would. I don't know it. I think it's either. The way I'll perceive it is that you'll have a tie with the person. So it's kind of ah. like you're rooted, you're rooted to that part, you know, like the actual how roots work. Right, it, right, it'll right, right. So they you to them. And they can voodoo doll you that way. They can control right. you, and, the root. And the common theme, and I, this is very inside baseball, is common amongst some, a lot of black men 
that don't eat a strange woman's spaghetti. And well, wait a minute. Yeah. Put two and two together. Oh, uh, I got you. Okay. Yeah. 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 Because that was a way they could work a root on you. So I'm not baffled that witchcraft is existing in our community. What I am baffled by is the openness of it because it's also looked at as a negative, like, oh, you, you dabbling in the, in the, in the, in devil the, black, in the black stuff. Yeah. The black art. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So it was like, nah, I don't, because that was the, that was the thing with Mary Ann Williamson for me. I mean, if you recall, it's yes. Like, oh yeah. I mean, you she, were very she got some good talking points, yeah. but bro, that, that, uh, kind of leaning <laughs> spirit and the, the people yelling it. Nah, Non-starter. you lost me with that one. Yeah. So, huh. huh. So when I heard this story, I was like, wow, they're actually, and if you notice, they said educated. So they're going off yeah, they're and learning college. these new, these new, uh, uh, train, um, new thought process or new ways of thinking. And now they're coming back and being more open with it. So, well, okay, but, let, but what sorry. what what this truly is, of course, is um, undermining uh, their religious background because they all they mm-hmm. all they all came from either. Oh, my my dad was a pastor. I was raised in this church, this church, and uh, it's very clear to point out they went to college and then uh, now they're witches. <laughs> what school did the they you, go to? The way you put it, yeah, the, way you, the way you put it was like so cold. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's, so what school did they go to? Is that mentioned? any of these? Any of these liberal school? I mean, a, a lot of these liberal schools, and we're going to get to where I think the source is really coming from. But let's get into uh, witchcraft three. At a recent convention in Baltimore, more than two hundred witches gathered, a sisterhood. But their spells are for good, not for evil. In this ritual, the women are preparing an offering to Ashun on behalf of a woman in California who's looking for a mate. The omelet-type dish is sweetened with honey, believed to be a favorite of Ashun. Prayers are said over the offering and for the woman in need. A portion is offered to Eshu, the male counterpart of Ashun, and placed in a secret place beneath the stairs of this Odenden home. Using shells, they ask the spirit if she is pleased. Four shells are tossed to the floor, two land up, two land down. Balance. The gift is accepted. She accepts it. The traditions may seem odd to most, a mystery to some, complex and multi-layered. But these daughters of the moon, followers of Ashun, women, powerful, determined, and understanding, say there is nothing to fear. They are here, and they will be here for the foreseeable future. Yes, there are witches among us. This is something that our ancestors did, and all we're doing is tapping back into it so that we can become our best selves, individually and collectively. Okay, um, how old are these women? Mid, just by looks of it, uh, early to mid thirties, okay, maybe forties. And, and do they still live with their parents, or are they married, or are they uh, all single? From, from the tell of it, they're successful, educated women. Right, but I'm looking uh, for the family situation. Are they married? Do they have kids? Or are they uh, single? I, they didn't really give all that background. Hmm, okay. But and, it's just, like I say, it's and, interesting. And what is this about our ancestors? Our ancestors used to do this, really? Well. That was one of the main themes in the show of American uh, Horror Story. This is our original religion. Uh, you seen uh, Skeleton Key. 
You've yeah. seen a, a life of a, a life of se- secret life of bees. That was a witch coven. Uh, the color purple had witchcraft. Yeah, in it. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it, this thing has been here at, at, at just under the surface, but now we're starting to see these different schools of thought uh, surface. Dude, this this could be like some club, and Oprah's the head of it somehow. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) She was a bit pusher of the secret. Oh man, yes, yes. Oh my God, that was that was the huge uh, book club push. Yeah. Yeah, which is basically you know you can manifest you know anything with the thought, the power of the mind. Yes. Uh. Yeah. So. Which, like I'm just saying, it's not strange that people are branching off to new religions, but these women came out of the church, and now they're headed into that other direction. You got to ask, where where is this coming from? Yeah. So <laughs> Yes. I, hello, I'm asking. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So how practicing witchcraft helps? As a black woman, trauma has touched so many parts of my life. I first started to deepen my practice when I was coming out of an especially traumatic situation. In the aftermath of trauma, especially this really intimate trauma, you kind of feel like your whole world has exploded, that you don't have a way for understanding who you are or how you relate to the world around you. So my magical practice, my, my witchcraft, was a way of reorganizing the world around me, re-understanding who I was and how I could exist in the world. When I was kind of in the in the deepest pits of depression and struggling with anxiety, um, even though I knew that the right thing to do would be to get out of bed and take a shower, I just didn't feel like I deserved those things. But by giving myself a ritual, that transformed into, I have to get up and take a shower because there is a part of me that is holy and that holy part deserves to be taken care of. So while talk therapy was very helpful to me, it was actually magic and ritualistic practice that helped me get to my therapist's office in the first place. Whether it's acute trauma or if it's the kind of trauma that exists when you exist in a body that society doesn't accept or doesn't value. I found witchcraft very helpful because it's a practice that really centers my personal value. And in a world that keeps telling me that I don't have value, that's a really radical, uh, radical act. Wow. Okay. So she's preaching of some common trauma or trauma that uh, that, that women have. The victimization mentality. So what they're trying to do is take control back over their life because they feel like they've been victims. Just taken away from what she said. You know, I had no control over my life, but magic. From way, the way I perceive it is lets you believe that you're controlling things. You're in control. You can do a spell or you can do a uh, ritual that lets you push you back into control. Now, I'll say I'm a big fan of manifesting. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't think like the secret is, you know, the way to go. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm all about personal development. So um, it's probably better than drugs. Uh, yeah. to to go to go this route so mm-hmm. 
Yeah, I, I can't. I, I'm not sure how I, I maybe a visual would have helped. What did she look like? She did. She also didn't feel right in her body or her body was rejected. What, did, what, well, she she was a she was an attractive young, young, uh, young lady. Hmm. So my point is this. I don't care what you believe. That's your person. You're going to find out about me. Whatever you're into, whatever floats your boat, you like it. I love it. What I'm pointing out is you have this mass exodus of people leaving traditions. What is the root cause behind that? That's that's what I'm getting into. When you see some, something going, a group of people going one way, wh- where is this coming from? Is this being steered from the top down? Is this being introduced through pop culture and people start looking it, uh, look into it? I mean, you saw this with Harry Potter. So when Harry Potter came out, magic became very popular. Yes. Uh, before then, it was for the unpopular, or for lack of a better term, for the nerds. <laughs> yeah. Who who would see themselves as not having control over their life, and they need something to give them, you know, power or strength. So maybe these women are feeling the same way. They feel like they're victims, and they need to have some way of controlling their lives. I mean, that's just the way I, the way I take away from it. Right, but it's it's um, it's an interesting observation that they apparently don't find this in the church anymore. This that's true. That is true. That is true. And that's the part I can't figure out where where um, what went wrong, or maybe the church is seen as the patriarchy. Because if you listen, my dad was a pastor. My, you know, oh, yeah. my dad was a deacon. Yeah, yeah, it could be, could be. So, so that might be just another rejection of it's, the patriarchy. But, but it's definitely a trend. I, otherwise, it wouldn't be. A, I mean, I, I think these stories crop up from time to time. But I can't mm-hmm. recall a story of women being witches who were all uh, black. I don't, I don't recall that. Well, these stories do crop up, and witches also showed up. Witches plan to cast a spell. If you'd like to participate in the ritual that's been making the rounds online, members from the Coven of the Raven Moon say this is all you're going to need. But they tell me the ritual they're doing here is going to be a little bit different. Witches from the Coven of the Raven Moon say they're doing their part to make sure America doesn't end up watching its own horror story. So it is the end-all, squash-all of all negativity, and that's a beautiful thing. At midnight, covens from around the world will be lending their energy to cast a spell on President Trump. High Priestess Amy Jean Gooseland says witches from her coven will be using a ritual that will help keep negativity out of the Oval Office. Basically what the spell does is it prevents the person in question from being able to draw energy from any negative sources and it prevents the person in question from being able to project any energy that is going to have negative or hurtful outcome on other people. And while the effects may not be immediate. Sometimes things can happen as soon as the next day instantly, sometimes three months from now. Members of this coven and say the binding spell will make room for more positive energy to flow into the White House. We do actually have governors who are Trump supporters. They would not have a need to feel binding him was a hindrance. Because what it's going to stop him from doing isn't anything they should want him to do anyway. These governors say it's just a matter of time before we see what's in the cards. Good health and prosperity and abundance for everybody. And that I think that it is all there to be had for all of us. And um, all hail Coven of the Raven Moon. Blessed be the witches. In Flint, Miranda Parnell, NBC 25 News. Well, it worked.
Good, good job. <laughs> the president's uh, no negativities. He wasn't impeached. He's. Uh, it looks like he'll probably get reelected. Economy is good. I, I appreciate it. Which is, and in this, <clears throat> in in this news story, they actually told you the ingredients what to get. You need something orange and. You know, all, they, they gave you the whole rundown. <laughs> <laughs> Something orange. Oh, that's fantastic. No, that, seriously, that was, bad. <laughs> seriously, that was one of the things. You need something orange, and they listed all the other ingredients. So they were promoting the casting of spells through the media. And this is not the first time President Trump has had beef with the witches. To defense for President Trump, from all things Russia to impeachment. It's a terrible witch hunt. The greatest witch hunt. I have witch hunts every week. But there's a group that's not amused. The witches of Washington. This is one of their meetings, and Dash Keys tells us when the witches, like you see here, are gathered, President Trump does come up. Sure. He does. Not only does he come up, but there are people in the community that take action, uh, you know, through magic, through spell work to try to change the circumstances. Witchcraft, not so much like this. We are home. Are you boys a little old to be trick-or-treating? But through rituals like this. Spells? Sure. Do they still happen? Yeah. They do? Yeah. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, so they're like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so in a lot of ways, spell work, magic, these are all akin to prayer in a lot of ways. Worth noting, Dash is a witch. The term doesn't just refer to women anymore. As for the president's use of the term yeah, witch hunt, Dash says when you look at the past, it's simply absurd. Historically, witch hunts were performed by the powerful uh, toward the marginalized. To have the president of the United States claiming to be the target of a witch hunt feels like it's just wrong. In Northwest, Mike Valerio, WUSA 9. They're seeing it all wrong. I, <laughs> no, no they, they were casting spells, putting orange peels out there, doing whatever, and he became a witch, and then he was hunted as a witch hunt. I, I, I don't see the problem. They, they nailed it. They've turned the president into a male witch. Well, <laughs> <laughs> okay, I guess not. We don't have enough. We don't have enough time for that uh, to go all the way in that one, and not enough theorem. But uh, theorem, but yeah. So I I don't know where this witch thing came up, and it really came out the woodworks with casting of spells on presidents after Hillary lost. Yes. And some people have said Hillary is literally a witch. A witch. <laughs> What was her right hand man in Arkansas? Uh, what is his name? He was with the whole Clinton cartel or whatever. Uh, he used to be. He, he was her. He was her. Uh, Roger Stone. Her version of Roger Stone. I can't remember. He was used to be on Alex Jones all the time. Like, yeah, she smells like sulfur and whatever. But I digress. Oh, but, I, I, it's all right. I I got you. I I, I totally yeah. I feel so where you're coming we, from. Yeah, after 2016, witches became came out of the woodworks. Okay. So became, yeah. Okay, these are disturbing trends. We must keep our eyes on because uh, before you know it, I got nothing against witches. By the way, ladies. Don't need no spells. Ladies only? Hey, hey. <laughs> you know, that's man. right. That's right. Dash? Yeah, hey. Dash? 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 <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. Do I do the sound effect here? Yeah. All right. So this last clip is a random clip, and it really doesn't fit in anywhere, but it 
covers a theme that I we first talked about on the show, maybe on the first couple episodes, and that was No Man in the House. And No Man in the House basically is taking the father out and letting another entity become the father. I want to give a shout out to my kids, real daddy. Thank you, government, for putting me on. I mean, you was the definition of a real father. Because when your kids is hungry, they have food stamps. Yeah, we shop at Walmart. Yeah, we shop at Publix. We shop at Winn-Dixie. When your kids need shelter, yes, you have housing. And you also have Section 8 for a lot of us. And when our kids fall, get hurt, or sick, they have Medicaid. Yes, we go to the ER, we go to the walk-in clinic, and we also can make a doctor's appointment. I get their prescriptions with no hesitation. Now, that's not a definition of a real father, making sure your kids have food, shelter, and health care. I don't know what it is. So, like I said, thank you, government, for being my kid's daddy, and thank you for putting me on. Wow. Well, that's that's the result. I guess it was the desired result. Is this a recent clip? Yes, this is this year. Thank you, government, for being the father of my kids. Mo, uh, I would be depressed. I would be depressed about this if I didn't know that uh, you're a you're a great dad. You got four kids. Mm-hmm. God bless them. Um, so that gives me a lot of <laughs> a lot of hope because this is kind of depressing. And all my friends, and and, and and this this is where we're not a monolith because all my friends have kids and they're great fathers. Mm-hmm. So Good. it's that's not the case. It's not everybody. But I'm just showing this mentality of no man in the house. It lives on. People question me on it, and that's why I played that clip because it lives on and it's only getting stronger. And uh, Mo Fax is going to shut down for this week. Please remember to support the show with uh, some value at MoFundMe.com, M-O-E-Fundme.com. And as I always say, pay attention to everything and the truth will reveal itself. Thank you so much, Mo. Great time. Talk to you next week. All right, same to you, Adam. When I look out my window... So many sights to see And when I look in my window So many different people to be That it's strange Yeah So strange You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch You got to pick up every stitch Mm -hmm. It's got to be the season of the witch, y'all That dirty, dirty witch night, y'all Oh, oh, oh.